Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Boy Meets World podcast. I'm Simon and I love Boy Meets World. And I'm Tessa and I've seen 89 episodes of Boy Meets World. And tonight's season for debate is Boy Meets World season 4. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Boy Meets World podcast where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's season for debate is Boy Meets World season four. Tessa, we're here, we're back. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. So excited to talk about this. I mean, this season has had it all. Corey and Sean were working for the mob. Sean (laughs) almost joined a cult. I mean, he did join a cult for a little bit. You know, there's camping stores. There's uh, Eric was a security guard. There was WWE matches. It all happened. Pittsburgh happened for a little bit. It did. All kinds of things happened. I mean, where I feel like we're jumping in too quickly, but I mean, what a season! What a season! My opening was going to be like this season had a bit of everything, didn't it? It feels like they're really in their stride with it now. Like they really they know the characters and they really know what works, and they they touch on some really serious topics this season, but mm. keep the the like the dark and light balance really good. So there's still yeah. plenty of comedy and there's plenty of just. I feel like they've re- they kind of perfected their craft and they know what the writers know what they're doing and the actors know what they're doing. So it's all just coming together. Yeah. And there's times where uh, I was kind of late this week because as people know that are listening, in case people are listening to this in the future, you know, years from now, we're doing one season a week. So there's a lot to, to fill into a week. And this was the first time where... I was with you where the the first three seasons I've been like half a season ahead so I've kind of been cheating a little bit in terms of my time but this this week I had to fit the whole season in and the last like two days I was like 12 episodes behind so I really just crammed them in and I loved it I loved being able to watch anytime I had a minute I was like quick back to Disney plus and um but there were there were times where I was thinking, how long's left in this episode? There can't be long left. And they've got to round off all of these serious topics and issues that have happened. I'll click and there's two and a half minutes left. There's no way you can resolve all of this. And then they do. And it didn't feel rushed either. And then we'll still get like a post-credits funny Mr. Feeney and Eric scene. I think you're right. They've really got the formula really tight. And, uh, yeah, the balance is right. I think you put it perfectly. Yeah, when you consider that they, they really, they get in as much in an episode as, say, One say one Tree Hill, because I'm guessing a lot of our listeners are following along with that too. Like, that's like a 40 minutes. It's like double the length, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it in some way, they, co- they cover more stuff. Like, and I get that they're, they're not long, drawn out, we're going to slow, but they don't slow build anything, do they? Like, Sean's not slowly joining a cult. He's in. Like, he meets a girl 30 seconds later. There he is, like, chanting or whatever. So <laughs> it's not, but they still fit it in. And they still cover the difficult issues without you thinking they didn't do it justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, how do they, that's magic. I don't know how they yeah. do that. Yeah, no, me neither. It's, 
It's brilliant. It's perfect. I think this season has been my favourite so far. And again, there's only there was only maybe two or three episodes in this season that I hadn't seen or that I didn't have a memory of. And one of them was the cult episode. And the other one was like the mob episode as well. I oh, didn't remember e- either of those. Yeah, a couple of big ones. You just forgot. And you'd think they'd stand out as well. Like if I think of what happened this season, those are two of the things that really stand out. It's nice, though, if you'd have little surprises thrown in and that you're not like, I mean, I know it's nice to rewatch, but it's nice that there's a couple of oh, brand new content. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And I think it's because when we would have been, well, you weren't, but when, you know, we were younger and watching these things on TV, you just, if you weren't in on that day, you just missed that episode. There was no catch-up service. These weren't on DVDs. I, have I mentioned this to you before? I, I Like on our podcast, I, I'm not sure if I have. Stop me if I have. Did I tell you that I tried to buy these DVDs before they were, before the DVDs were released? No, I, you put, I think you put a post on Instagram recently about, should I buy these? Is this a sensible grown-up purchase? But I don't think... <laughs> story about you wanting to buy them before they were they must when did they release them on dvd right okay so well firstly what you're talking about is should i buy the full box set like now even though i'm never going to play them because they're on disney plus and of course i did buy them they're literally here behind my head Uh, had to happen but what i'm talking about is when so when i uh, worked at camp america I was obviously in America and I think my first or second summer, so I would have been either 19 or 20 and I'm 35 now. So we're talking 15, 16 years ago to where are we about 2006, 2007. And I was in America and I suddenly had this nostalgia that I wanted to buy these Boy Meets World DVDs because I want, you know, I loved it from my childhood but they didn't exist. Like they weren't out on DVD yet to buy in a shop or anything. But that you could buy them from this like website, <laughs> which was in America, and then I and but it was obviously someone had just like, you know, ripped them and was just burning them at their house and just selling them. Yeah, but probably. I, right, exactly. And I, but I was very naive, and I couldn't tell if this website was like legit or not. Looking back, it obviously wasn't. But this is pre like Amazon and whatever. Yeah, we know now, but back then there was probably only two websites on the internet selling DVDs anyway. So, <laughs> I, I was so desperate for them, and I, I like it was like a, this was the big problem of my life at that time. It was really taking up headspace for a good few days. Of do should I do it? Should I not? Which is ironic because I did have serious things going on in my life, but these were this is before you develop that uh you know self-reflective self-doom that we've now got you know as we get older what a beautiful time when that was like your biggest problem should i buy this or not <laughs> yeah like counting out you're like oh but i need 10 quid for phone credit and I need- <laughs> yeah. it was a dilemma like you just split your money a lot of ways and you weren't earning any so i completely right. understand yeah, got to pay the weed man, got to pay the phone credit. It was all kinds of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't get them in the end, um, and it was probably for the best, but have them now. But that, sorry, that just came just came to my mind. But my, my point is, long way to get there, is that there's no way to catch up. So there are sometimes you just miss 
episodes. And I imagine things like Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill, we know they are probably early adapters to DVDs, right? I'm not sure. I got the... Uh, the DVDs I've got don't even belong to me. A friend lent them to me when I had like my mental breakdown. I've just never given them back. <laughs> um, I've got them on a hard drive now. But if if she asks, I'll return them. But until she does, they belong to me. Yeah. So I never had them on DVD or VHS. And I, it used to just be, it was on Channel 4, I think, on Sundays. I can remember watching the ads for like, oh my God, I think Pacey and Joey are going to get together. And I had Coldplay over the advert. And I can remember like just being like, oh my God, the song, it's just perfect. Like this is going to be brilliant. Um, and being excited about that. Um, so they were definitely episodes that I had missed because when, when my friend gave me the box set and I could finally watch them like in order, oh, I'm not jumping in, T4 showing it, it's halfway through or whatever. And it wasn't streaming anywhere at the time, not over here anyway. There were definitely some episodes that I, I may have watched and just forgotten, or were like really new. Like, like I can remember watching this, the supermarket, the Pacey and Joey in the supermarket thing, and being mm-hmm. like, "I don't remember this happening. This is unbelievable." And I'm not sure that I ever saw the finale either. Mm-hmm. So I got the experience of this is this bits. I love the show, and they're it's like it's like they've made a brand new episode and slotted it in, and you haven't noticed. Right, and they're, two, they're some of the best episodes, Absolutely. those ones. Yeah. Well, okay, well, there's, there's so much to go through, and particular highlights, but it felt like there was every episode was kind of a highlight. But I, so I'm glad that you enjoyed this season too. Let's start with Eric, because it was unsure as to where what direction he was going to go in from the end of last season, and it picked up with them finishing their road trip. Yeah. And so it was one of those episodes where it's not on the set. Well, kind of when they're in the truck stop and whatever, but them in the car and things that we're not used to. How did you, how did you enjoy that? And was there ever a part of you that thought he was going to stay in that like yogurt town or wherever they was? Um, I don't think they could have let him stay in the yogurt town. Um, No, but I, I mean, I predicted that he would, go back to high school and do senior year again or would go to a local college and then neither happened like he was just what are you doing eric like what well, are you doing he did take the sats again eventually so you can kind of um, say yeah. you got that right to an extent yeah, and i was pleased i mean that's a bit later on but i was really pleased with that so i mean when he first came back and it tied in nicely with obviously alan was having a bit of a crisis hating his job started the new thing so he could kind of take Eric on and I thought oh maybe that's maybe that's going to be the big success maybe Eric doesn't need to go to college like it's not no one needs to go to college do they like to be happy or successful so I thought maybe that that's quite I like that actually and that way he gets to still live at home so we've got that dynamic the same still gets to hang out with Corey and Sean a little bit and we see that kind of thing and maybe we'll get more of the parents we had a bit more of the parents this season which I liked so I liked Eric's journey and then his friendship with Mr. Feeney obviously continued, which I love. Um, and then he's convinced to kind of, and their little plot, like he's convinced to do the SATs and when they open the letter and just, oh my God, I loved that. I cried at that. The actual tear came down my cheek. Good. Good. So, but is it- that, Simon? I know you like a cry. I it it did well me up. I can't lie, it did. 
And I think more just because he, I think he went on the biggest journey. I mean, Sean's been all over the place and we'll, we'll get to him. I mean, he's yeah. been dragged around everywhere, but I feel like Eric's story had some of the most continuity. Like we, you know, we say this, you know, every episode is like its own bottle episode really but it has the the through line in the background but he's had the biggest through line of he's trying to find himself and unsure of himself and trying to take the safe route and his friendship with Mr. Feeney is the best they have such good chemistry that his kind of wackiness against Mr. Feeney's kind of playing the the straight man it's uh it's brilliant I and I'm glad that you like him because um he when we get to the later seasons well he he just he he really becomes my favorite character like for sure and i think it's from about this period onwards really yeah yeah i love him i i really love him and you're right he's had this 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 is this has been a slow burn there's not many plots that run i mean we've got Cory and Topanga something that's running all the way through isn't it but eric and his sort of underachieving academically not really pulling his finger out of his ass and getting anything done because he <laughs> like he proved he could have done better if he tried harder like he could have it's not that he's not the brightest kid in the world but he's not thick like if he'd applied himself which obviously is what everyone's been telling him that's been a really that's been since se- season one that's been a thing they're chasing eric to get any work done and he's fucking about out on dates and things and Mr. <laughs> Feeney's tearing his hair out. So that has really been, and then when he didn't get into college, and I think we love it because it's a bit more relatable. Like yeah. Sean has a lot going on, but a lot of it, I mean, I don't know your life story, but as far as I know, you haven't joined a cult. You haven't worked for a gangster. You haven't lived in a trailer. <laughs> Whereas Eric, everyone can relate to the, oh, I really could have worked a bit harder, didn't do as well as I thought I was going to do in the exam. I'm kind of feeling down on myself now, so I'm not going to try. I think everyone's mm. had a time of that. So I think mm. that's what is so endearing about Eric, that we can see ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Well put again, perfectly put. And, and he has some quite nuanced episodes as well um, with the kid from Liar Liar, Yes, yes. I because obviously I can't look it up, right? So I see the kid, I see the face and cut, I see the little, and it's the voice, isn't it? It's got quite a distinctive voice, and I was like, right, it's not the kid from the Sixth Sense. You know, I'm working my way through. It's not the kid from Big Daddy. Like, which where is which nineties film is this kid from? And I'm like trying to picture the scenes of him in my head, and I could picture him with the mum, and Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, the mum arguing with Jim Carrey, like that's where he fits in. Yeah. He's with that little kid. He's not too much. <laughs> like, no, he plays adorable kid very well. Like, yeah, yeah, I could have you could imagine why you'd be happy to spend time with this kid and, you know, feel like you want to be with, within that family. That was really nice because he was great with the kid, really great with the kid. And so I think I've I've mentioned that Will Friedel, he plays Eric. He he did some bits after this, after Boy Meets World. And then I think 
essentially had a nervous breakdown and um he which is like public about and got really bad anxiety about being on camera so he went into being a voiceover actor and he is super successful as a voiceover actor and does he's like the voice of batman in the animated series and the voice of um the main guy from guardians of the galaxy and all these things he's like got a massive career in that which is really cool because he's managed to you know remain successful and remain performing you know at the detriment of having you know horrible anxiety but you can kind of see some of that coming out of him like it feels like i'd like to imagine that he would just be really fun in real life yeah i think you do i think you'd like to think like please be this great in real life like and we'll never meet them like like chandler from friends i love chana like i love chana i want to be friends with him but if i met matthew perry is he anything like him i mean i think he is funny but you know like you're you yeah so when you watch this you think i could hang out with eric he'd be my annoying friend <laughs> yeah. slap around the back of the head sometimes like that kind of friend it's so funny that you singled out Chandler because he was like my my like idol growing up in friends like always my favorite and there's not many people that I know anyway um that put him in that high regard no everyone loves Joey right and I I love Joey too but Chandler is so perfect especially in the first like five seasons he's so sarcastic so dry so quick-witted um like I think when I was because I was watching that in real time so that was like when we were in like going from primary school into year seven year eight those kind of times and i was kind of trying to base my whole sense of humor off of chandler like i was like mimicking him uh to the point of this isn't original but it's um (laughs) (laughs) but that's just funny if you're own you're just like i'll have a little bit of Corey. i'll have a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and i wondered why i had no friends um but the (laughs) I'm joking. I'm doing it for doing it on purpose now. Um, yeah. The but it's just funny though. I think you and I have um, similar taste in our TV characters that we love. I I think maybe it's they've got an element of underdog about them. So yeah, out of Chandler and Joey, like Chandler's just the I'm the funny sidekick, and I'm never like he's got sort of self esteem issues, hasn't he? And he's like he says, he uses humour to mask the fact that he's, like, messed up. And I think if, if maybe you work that way a little bit, you you love Chandler. Whereas if you're the alpha, you love Joey, because that's who mm. you see when you... Like, if you're one of the guys and he's funny, like, you see yourself in Joey, don't you? Or, I don't know, I see myself in Chandler, I think, which is why I like mm-hmm. him. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm as funny as Chandler. That'd be ri- ridiculous. No one is. <laughs> But in the same way, I see myself in Dwight Schrute, <laughs> <laughs> like the little, like the weirdo, like the weirdo of the bunch. That's who I root for. Right? Yeah, same. And that's but that's what you need to draw you in to a TV show is a way to identify with someone. And yeah. I think that's what I've been trying to say from the beginning with One Tree Hill because I get so much heat for being a Lucas fan, but I'm not a fan of him. It's only season one, really. And even then, it's probably like the first five episodes. But that's what drew me in, you know? I love Lucas. That's, I, Peyton drew me in because I was like the angsty, 
oh my god my life's so awful i'm just gonna cry in my bedroom and listen to lots of music really loud like that was my right. life so <laughs> right also i identified with peyton and then her love interest is lucas and he's also very attractive so you do get a lot of shit for rooting for Peyton and Lucas, but they, <laughs> as soon as I watched it, I was like, they're end game. Like I need them. So that was who I, so and now like, I feel like I can't ever voice that opinion because no one else agrees. On, like, we the can, we can voice it here. It's safe. We're in a safe yeah. place. But yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, I listen to the podcast and you'll be like, oh, it's like a little bit about, you know, you say like Lucas and Bruce is like, oh, and I'm at home like, I get it, Simon, I get it. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I mean, this bit is, um, but maybe it's back to what you just said, right? So the, sa- the same reason, like I'm rooting for him at the beginning in particular, because he's not part of the main clique. He's on the outside and would like that validation and being part of it, but also has his own, you know, moral compass, it's a bit different or whatever, and then he gets drawn in and does some stupid shit like we all do and etc. But maybe other people they want to root for Nathan and they want to root for Brooke because they are popular and then they sort of go they do they become good anyway. Anyway, we digress. None of them are as good as But it all relates to T V and the fact that we root yes. for Eric because we see our little insecure being silly, making mistakes in Eric. But then, I mean, and not necessarily all Eric. You might see a little bit of yourself in Sean as well, but you, there, there's always a character that you think, oh, that could be me. Like, if I was in this group, that's where I would fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And that helps to be further invested. And that's also why representation is so important and that's something we've already touched on that representation is poor really poor in boy meets world um and it's poor in a lot of shows in the 90s and you know that that sucks because i mean people can get there also you know without having to feel like they you know have similar physical traits but you know it it helps to to, yeah. to draw in to to feel that. So, yeah, it's important that we, you know, continue to note that. But with Eric, I think there's also some moments that we hadn't seen from him before, which is really nice. Like when he's sticking up for Corey. So we'll get to the whole thing of Topanga moving. But when he thinks that Sean is, you know, doing something nefarious and kissing her and whatever... You know, he goes and he confronts Sean and he like pushes him up against the wall and it's like, you know, protecting his brother. And I enjoyed seeing that side of him. I mean, how how did it make you feel? Were you nervous that there was gonna be an Eric Sean fight? <laughs> I I didn't think it would ever come to full on like ABH charges, that level of something <laughs> or other. But I think it's because it came off the back of Eric feeling guilty about not spending any time with Corey or not feeling like they had a maybe the kind of brother relationship he thought he should have with him and so they went on the road trip didn't they and that you know they sort of spent all that time bonding that when they come back I guess he feels like he's in a better place well this is my I've established this is what I do now like I'm 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 the supposed to be the grown-up Corey's almost there it's my job to kind of I'm team Corey. Whereas before he was just kind of, I'm not really bothered. I've got my anything going on. Can you go and live your own life? Um, so his attitude's kind of changed. Um, 
Yeah, I, I liked that though. I mean, and you could see from the kit, I actually rewound it because I was like, was that a kiss? Like what was happening there? Like, you know, you have to have a little rewind just so to check what what team am I supposed to be on here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that so that was another like strong, get that, get that little storyline in early. But did he, he, I'm assuming it looked like he kissed her on the cheek. Yeah, right? that's what I thought. Yeah, I didn't understand why he didn't just say from the off to Corey, "I just kissed her on the cheek." Like then I was thinking, "So did you kiss her on the lips?" And if so, what are you doing? Like, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There, that's that's not a, that's odd. That's an odd thing to do to your f- friend's girlfriend, even if she's upset. Give her a hug. You don't need to put your lips on her lips. No, but it's one of those things where you can't just have a conversation like that because that doesn't make for good telly. Like, yeah. it just, you can't just say, oh, it was this. And can we go, oh, right, you kissed her on the cheek. And Topanga go, yeah, you kissed me on the cheek. And they go, oh, Eric. Like, that's, <laughs> that's one scene, 30 seconds in the whole, what are you going to put in the rest of the episode? It's always yeah. about, it's like the Dommel like this. It's very Shakespearean, isn't it, to have a huge misunderstanding. And it's just mm-hmm. everything. And that's the whole episode is all about a misunderstanding that could have been yeah. solved in one conversation. Yeah. Yeah. True. 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 Well, okay. Well, we'll I'm sure we'll, we'll connect back to Eric at certain points. Um, the, he did have some funny moments. <laughs> it just came into my head, but he had some funny moments with like the bear in the store. That's what got him fired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and the uh, that's so which, nice. Which is another well. like, it's another like. You have the dolphins last season. This season yeah. you've got a bear. Like for the love of God, someone set these animals free. But yeah. back, back then, it was you have a bear on a chain, and I'm going to walk it to the zoo, and you're going to look at it. Like that was just mm-hmm. that was normal, wasn't it? We all ate battery like eggs from chickens kept in a little cube, and no one thought anything of it. Yeah. Which is awful, is awful now, isn't it? Like the things that, like I, I dream when I was young was like, um, all my friends like I'm so lucky they get to go to Florida and swim with a dolphin, and mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh god, the dolphin. Yeah, I've, I've, there's, uh, I have a very embarrassing video that uh, it really makes Ephany laugh, like almost to the point of tears, um, from when. I was 16 and my mum wanted to go swimming with dolphins and this was in, maybe it's in Portugal or Tenerife, I'm not sure, but uh, it was meant to be just her and then last minute she got really scared about doing it on her own so I ended up doing it with her and we had a great time. This was before knowing about, well, before this was like, you know, knowledge that we all had and... uh, yeah, it was a great time, but now I just think poor dolphins. Like they literally like would they they did this bit where you'd have one under each hand and they'd like drag you through the pool and it was like, Wow, this is amazing and looking back it's like, No, these poor little dolphin slaves really. Yeah. But when we know so, better we do better, don't we? Yeah. You yeah, yeah. I'm better. not I'm not surfing any dolphins now. It's no. fine. No. But right, speaking of which, right, no better you no better you do better. I had a slight dare I say hero moment yesterday. Would you like to hear? Did you buy the subway? I just listened to the podcast episode where you were like, Should I buy the subway? And the whole bit every fibre of my being was going, That would be me. 
like, the paramedic. Go like, by, and then it's oh, it's too late. They've gone. <laughs> that would be me. Was it that, or have you been heroic in other ways? No, it was different. So, I <laughs> we had to go to the shop yesterday to pick up some vacuum bags, yeah. like you know, to to compress all of your clothes and and things, and. I went to B&Q to get some things. B&Q is like a hardware store for our international listeners and they didn't have them there. And so on the way home, there was like a, it's like a pound stretcher shop that's um, not particularly nice, but it has these no, things pound in. Stretcher. Pound stretcher isn't nice. It's one of those shops that sells a little bit of everything. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's one food aisle, there's one DIY aisle, there's one like pet food aisle. Like what are you trying to be? No one knows you're a little bit shit. Right. But if you need a random thing, they've probably got it. Well, I know that they have them there because they have a they have a bit that's all for storage, you know, and it has like lots of plastic containers and things. And they had the vacuum bags there. So F's in the car with our son in there, he's asleep. And so I run in and I'm I'm getting trying to find these things. And in the back of the shop, there's these three kids, and they're probably about twelve or thirteen years old. And they've got like a plastic football, like soccer ball, and uh, and they're just drop kicking it into the shelves of just like, and in the shelves are just, you know, the aisles of the store and just trashing the back of the store. Like they just do not give a shit. They're just like kicking it all over the place, shouting obscenities and all kinds of things. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Um, but I'm like, it's not my problem. I need to get these vacuum bags. And I, I hear a woman come. I can't see her, but I hear her come round. He must work there. And she's not telling them off. She's not kicking them out. And they're like, we want to speak to the manager and this. And they basically start berating this poor woman. And I'm like, fuck's sake. Is no one going to do anything about this? Like, surely it's not going to be me. Surely. I'm like, oh, okay. I find the vacuum bags. I go to the to the to the till. I pay, and this is the woman that had just been around the corner, and she's so nice. And she's like, "Oh, have a nice day." I'm like, okay, thank you. And I leave the shop, and I get in the car, and I'm just riddled with guilt that I haven't helped this woman, this poor woman in this shop. And I say to F, I'm like, this woman's being like, you know, berated by these fucking kids and i was like and we'd started to drive off and i was like you have to take take me back you gotta take me back i gotta go i gotta get these kids i gotta sort these kids out and i'm like what am i gonna do what if they attack me i have to defend myself am i gonna have to punch a like 13 year old like i'll do it if i have to um and so i i go in (laughs) and the woman is go is gone up to like a, there's two women that work there now and they're both scared they're like terrified and I'm just like oh excuse me are you are you okay like we do you want me to chuck these kids out and she's like yes please we don't know what to do like and I think they were just sort of scared so I was like and it kind of angered me I was like You're fucking kids uh so I went to go over to them and suddenly. <laughs> I had just all this adrenaline like going through my my like out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. And um and so I was like I went to the main one that was like riding up the other two. And I said, Hey, they've just called the police. They haven't. And I was like, You got five minutes to get out. And then I thought in my head, why am I giving them five minutes? <laughs> like I'm just 
And they were like, what? Why are they called the police? And I was just like, just get out. Get out. And then I like started like getting a bit more brolic. Like, just yeah. get out. And um, and they started walking out. And the other, they suddenly went and put like the footballs back. And I was like, just get out. Like, thinking like, you fucking mug. But like getting a bit more brolic with it. And yeah. uh, and then as they get out, they just screamed, like, and then they ran out the shop, and like literally ran out. And then I kind of walked from the back, feeling like heroic, <laughs> and and I just said to the women, and the women was like, oh, they were like, oh, thank you so much, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, you know, it's fine. And they're like, I just don't know what to do. And I was like, well, Nick, just call the police. Like, like I'm co- I'm concerned. I mean, those kids are. Uh like shooting fish in a barrel finding kids that piss about in a shop that was probably like just sold them a can of monster and created the devil um <laughs> why are they work if there's two whoever works there if there's two women or 20 members of staff no one should be working there without someone that's confident to handle that situation it's not yeah. a little corner shop it's a chain shop i'd be mm-hmm. emailing head office and be like are oh, you those two women were vulnerable there on their own me as a passerby to step in. I very much doubt I'm covered by your insurance if I'm if I'm assaulted in your shop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where's well, the staff training to deal with that shit? Because those kids are ten a penny. The kids, <laughs> aren't they? They probably have them in every day after school. That them fucking kids, the same uh, ones probably. I couldn't believe it, and they and um they had CCTV in there, and I I, I just said I was like, you just legitimately call the police, and that is yeah. what they're for. Like, if you don't feel conf, you know, I confident. don't know why they hadn't done that. That's odd that they're just shuffling about, like, oh, we don't know what to do, we don't know what to do. Like, what would they have done? Like, what were they going to do? Just let them wreck the whole shop bit yeah. by bit, and then lock off at the end of the night and go in in the morning and sweep it up? Like, what were they? <laughs> lock the store with them in there well i think the other thing was i knew that just by telling them that the police had been called that they were just going to run out because of course they would but but the what i where i'm a bit more concerned is today in the aftermath where i keep thinking fuck i wish i'd punch one of them kids and i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) when you're concerned about yourself you mean because clearly there's something clearly there. there's some rage going on or yeah. something or it's it's more the rage of how dare you be so disrespectful like yeah. they they were feeling that way because they felt like there was no consequence like they felt yeah. like there was nothing now i'm the the most least intimidating person in the world but i guess from a distance i had a t-shirt on i've got a whole sleeve of tattoos on on one yeah. arm and i'm at least three foot taller than them and you i spoke you're a grown-up like I've, if one of those women had come to him and said i've called the fucking police get out they probably would have left as well like but they yeah. were saying that but I mean, obviously, like the six foot guy with the tattoos saying, I've called the police, get the fuck out, is going to be intimidating. And then 12 and 13 is like, I find that age group the most difficult to work with. When they're younger than that, they're enthusiastic. They want your approval. They'll seek it out. They get to 12 and 13 and they think, actually, I'm, 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 a, I'm a grown up now. And they get really cocky, but they're mm-hmm. also still stupid. Mm-hmm. in the in like they don't they're not cocky and like i'm really cool and i'm laid back and i got swagger they're cocky and they're like oh my god i'm so hyperactive and i'm jumping around i can do whatever the fuck i want but i've got no topic of conversation and i'm just sort of i'm clumsy and i'm puberty and and then they mellow out a little bit more after that mm-hmm. and they're showing well, off to each other it's like yes. if you get them if you get them isolated on their own 
they're completely different is that when they're they're trying yeah. to and then you just think well what's going on at home why are they not happy why are they they're being probably really bored like they've had nearly they're in like their last week of the school holidays they probably had absolutely nothing to do all holiday like a lot of them have got parents they're out of work like what they're old enough to be left at home on their own what are they doing all day like mm. Getting to the end of the holiday, they're all really bored. They've got nothing to do. They've probably been given a fiver to piss off to town and they spend it all on sugar. Mm-hmm. And then they're just bored, like... And like you say, there's no consequences. So this is... Like, making a mess is fun. Like, if sometimes I think... If I could throw some plates on the ground, I'd feel a lot better. Like, making a mess <laughs> is fun. But you can't yeah. make a mess in someone else's shop with someone else's property. But there was no one telling them to fuck off. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Not all heroes well, capes. <laughs> we don't do it for the credit. We do it to tell it on the podcast that we yeah. host. But what they didn't know was they were chucked out of a shop by someone that hosted a Dawson's Creek podcast. <laughs> That's the kind of man they were dealing with. <laughs> oh, someone with a little Funko Pop collection and bids for cheerleader pom-poms. Oh, I didn't win those, no, though. No, I'm sad about that got a bit of concrete though as Don would say so yeah but the I, the thing is is I did loads of stupid shit when I was a kid but never like never disrespectful to someone like as no. in we vandalized things and whatever and did stupid things but not when people were there and not like trying to not with the intention of being right. standing in front of someone and being like look at me ruining stuff like I'll throw bottles at trees when there's no right. one there right exactly and it's also like when you think about it or when i to try and we've gone off topic but we're almost back around is it's about intention right it's like what i liked a lot of the things when doing stupid shit when i was younger the intention wasn't to hurt somebody it was letting out whatever the angst was and whatever their intention was to wind up these these poor women that are being paid minimum wage they're working in let's call it what it is a shit a shit shop it's a shit on, shop on a sunday oh, you know it's like the worst i bet you're like, like the only person they'd had in for an hour they're just sat there like for christ's sake it's just simon and the nuisance kids maybe they wanted them there just for something to do <laughs> just something to look at they were horrible well, I, I, but the problem is is i keep feeling like what I wish I had said now, like I wish I'd just like grabbed the main one and been like, if you do this again, I'm going to break your fucking face. Like like, these and think, like right, Eric but... Sean, up against the wall. I'm but here my... to protect these random women I don't even know. <laughs> my, but my biggest fear would be getting beaten up by three 13-year-olds. Could you imagine the embarrassment? You'd, yeah, you'd that... walk with that for life. You but know? no one would know other than the women that work there, but how often are you going back? They're not going to laugh at you. They weren't doing anything themselves. Those kids, you might see them around. Was this in your hometown? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping to see them so I can say all the things that I didn't say. Just be, be like, hey, three months ago, you was in a shop. <laughs> Fucking They've prick. forgotten. They've forgotten what you look like. They didn't even care, but you'll see them and you'll just give them the death stare in the finger as you walk by. <laughs> and every day they'll be like, what is that guy's problem? <laughs> and they'll be Pound adults. stretcher, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they'll be adults. One day you'll go into Burger King. There's one on the counter. Oh, yeah. Delivering you food. And you can just give him the finger <laughs> and the death stare. 
I'll have some fries, please. Yeah, well, that's wait, it. Wait, 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 please, I'll have fries. And then you'll just throw some napkins everywhere and walk out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. And I like it will probably go full circle. Like, they probably will end up working in Pound Stretcher one day. Yeah, I mean, most kids, that's what they do in it. Your first job, you get a little retail. You're a little till bitch. So you'll see them somewhere. You'll see them somewhere. They might start delivering you paper. To, to be fair, I already can't remember what they look like. Yeah. But... They look the same, don't they? Yeah. Young, yeah. The little yeah. Kids. Shitty kids. But, okay, well, so go on to non-shitty kids. Corey, let's talk about Corey and Topanga and Corey and Sean. Corey and Sean are really into their sort of schemes this season. How did how much did you enjoy the fact that they Airbnb'd out Mr. Feeney's house when he was away? I loved that. I loved that. And Mr. Feeney made that happen. He knew you know that they're house sitting. Why are you openly telling them that you're staying places that charge two hundred dollars a night and off you go? And then you're let giving them a key to let them in to water your plants. Mm-hmm. I love that his plants have a little routine. You know, <laughs> turn them towards the sun. Some of them need vitamins. And then they mm-hmm. go in the house and it looks a bit like my living room. His living room. Okay. You it's, live in Mr. Feeney's house. It's green. There's plants. There's lots of old tat. Would you let the Timmers come and stay? Um, Were they the elderly shaggers or were they the... Uh, no, they were the Dutch couple. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they washed up, didn't they, before they left? They did. did. Anyone that's going to do a little bit cleaning while they're here is welcome. (laughs) And and Corey wanted to get caught. That was like the funniest part. (laughs) I think that's just because it's, you know, he said, oh, the the universe isn't this kind to me. Like, I'm not. But really, it's because he he loves that they're making money and this is actually really fun and it's naughty because it's Mr. Feeney's house. But also, it's Mr. Feeney's house. Like, I feel so bad. (laughs) You know, like if it had just been a random or two doors down, he'd have much less of an issue with getting away of it, wouldn't he? Yeah. But I think kind of, he likes that Mr. Feeney catches him doing stuff because that's what his life's about. And that's how he knows Mr. Feeney cares about him. If Mr. Yeah. Feeney stopped caring and was just like detention, there's no conversation, there's no life lesson to be learned here, the Corey would be adrift. Like he likes that, he, that's how he knows Mr. Feeney cares about him because he gets a bollocking at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great episode. That's such a classic one. That's that's like a that's a classic Boy Meets World episode. That's one that when this is all said and done in a few months' time, you could just go back and put that one on and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely." And I like that Topanga joins in. Like (laughs) she's just like, "I need the money." Like, and there she's with my little penny on. Like, were you? I'm going to assume not. From you know what I know of you, but I, I could be wrong. Were you ever a fan of NSYNC? Hell to the fucking yeah, I was, Simon. Okay. No strings attached album. To this day, is one. To this day, is one of the best albums ever made. Every track could be a single. It's an absolute banger. Okay. Hey, I feel this way too. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was probably a little bit more Backstreet Boys, um, but. Mm They're both there. They're both there. I think NSYNC came at a time when I had the money to buy my own music. Like right. before that, I don't think I'd, you know, that was at the time I can I can buy whatever CDs I want. And I had like my best mate at school was really into them. So I think I was kind of like, I'll get on board. 
mm-hmm. and then you know space cowboys and i was like i am all over this well then I, you I said that when i was in labor on the like gas and air off my tits and i said something about the space cowboys it's good times okay. well you're gonna love this then so on pod meets world the boy meets world podcast they had lance bass on today um to do a whole episode because topanga in real life and lance bass dated for a year a whole year he went with her to her high school prom and that was basically the night that he worked out that he's gay <laughs> What a wonderful, wonderful thing to have helped someone realise. The date and, was so it, fucking shit. You spent the whole time fantasising about all the men there in their tuxedos. <laughs> and I made such an effort. The heart well, was- right. But they're, they're like still like really good friends, almost like best friend level to this day. So it's all, it was all really nice and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they had, they, the way they put it was really good is that they had, mental intimacy but there was never any physical intimacy and that was kind of you know the yeah. point um i'm sure it all worked out for the best because she's married and has kids and he's married and he has kids now and so it's all great but it was just uh it was just interesting i thought because you can't google and i know you love no, that so no i can't wait to google at the end well Eric also has, I know we've already gone past him, but I forgot to mention, he has maybe one of my favourite episodes. It was so funny with the girl, the singing girl. Oh, he drives her crazy. Yes. (laughs) With With the shallow song. She looks a little bit familiar, but I don't know. I think maybe I thought she was familiar and then I'd see her at different angles and think, oh, maybe not. Like I couldn't place her anyway. But obviously I'd have to look up in the future. Yeah, that's not someone that, that I recognize except for from this. Yeah. But that was brilliant. I loved that. Yeah. That um I like that Eric's dating is becoming a bit more we learn a little bit more about the person. And it's not so before it was just names, wasn't it? We'd see the occasional girl on the couch. Like it it was just names on the phone. And now it's a bit more and they don't always work out. And they're not necessarily like the girl that you'd think he would be on a date with. Like they're really obviously pretty popular not socially awkward instead he's got some random you know he's got the single mum he's got the weird singing girl from outside yeah really a date but it's funny um so i'd like the girl in the store the like the camp the girl that loves camping yeah the wild outdoors girl yeah that wanted to cover herself in oil and grab an eel yeah (laughs) i don't know if that is an activity that happens places where there are eels in rivers maybe it is Interesting. Well, and, um, oh, it's just gone from my mind. But, yes, and Corey, and, oh, that's what I was going to say. There's a lot more. We spend so much more time in the trailer park this season. Yes, we do. And I... (laughs) Yeah, go on. Obviously... No hate on people that live in trailer parks. Like, there's one on the outskirts of town here. And, uh, like people live there, like t- they can live there like ten months of the year or something, can't they? I think the rules are different over here. Like you can't live in a caravan year round. I'm not even sure, but anyway, seems like a nice little place. When you see it on American TV, it's portrayed as like this is where the real scuttlers live, isn't it? And that I scuttlers, but they're not. 
it doesn't look as bad as it does like Sunnyvale Trailer Park on Trailer Park Boys. So I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that, but that's no. Well, if you like Trailer Park hijinks, then that's your show. <laughs> but I think I feel like maybe you have to. I watched it at a time in my life where I also did a lot of sitting around having a smoke, and that so it was funny. I, so I like it now for to remind me of that. But I'm not sure watching it as an adult that you're a bit. It's it's ra- mm-hmm. it's like a mockumentary, like it's a random. Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So trailer park representation on American TV is a bit wild. Right, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's done with like comedy effect in in Boy Meets World because we have yeah. it's is the emergence uh, of Sean's mother and mm. bringing that back with Chet. And I just have to say, while it's in my head, we have to take a moment of appreciation not for Frankie. But for Frankie's little brother, I love oh, him. Oh, he's cute. He's a little bit. He's a little bit Minkus, isn't he? Like the, you know, we're missing the Minkus yeah. character, and he brings yeah. a little bit of that. I love that they've just gone against the stereotype and made them sort of poets and like linguists, mm. and and then there's their dad, right? Vader, who he so he obviously was a real uh, WWE wrestler. And I think, unfortunately, sadly, he has passed away since. Um, but yeah, that and that episode was crazy with the, you know, they're doing the Flintstones being at the wrestling and being at Topanga's Sweet 16. I love that the cartoon that they were referencing for that was the Flintstones. I don't know if kids, is that a th- like, I don't know. I feel like maybe like the Simpsons is on now and then like just on all the time whereas when we were young I mean the Simpsons was airing but it was the Flintstones wasn't it like it was Saturday mornings it was the Flintstones so I love that they mentioned that because that's that's what I would have watched in my childhood Mm. like that's what the cartoon you had on we Um, were part of the Hanna-Barbera generation so it was well it was kind of before us but we were getting the rerun so yeah the Jetsons the Flintstones Top Cat all those kind of things yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a funny episode. And the wrestling, I'm assuming, was probably a real match. I didn't know it was W it was WWF then, wasn't it? I didn't yeah. know it I didn't know that he was a WWF wrestler because you liked wrestling, didn't you? Did you like wrestling? Yeah. God yeah. I, <laughs> I was obsessed. Like my brother loved it, so we watched it a bit, but I think it was after this time period. It yeah, would have yeah. been like really late nineties, early noughties. So I would have watched like The Same. Rock and The two- Rock, Stone Cold. Yes. Yeah. Um so I don't recognise the dad here or the guy who's although the guy who's I don't know if I re- what's the DDT? That's a move, isn't it? And I couldn't obviously I can't Google just in case. D- yeah, DDT is like when you get someone in a headlock and then you just drop them on their head. Excellent. Uh, okay. The snake that- Jake the Snake, yeah, Jake the Snake Roberts. So I, the same, I was into wrestling from like the year 2000 to about 2002, probably like 2003, but around that time, (laughs) it's like the the end of secondary school. And um, we had a kid, oh God, we had so many wrestling injuries at my school from when everyone was into it. Like one of my friends did the pedigree on another kid and the pedigree was where you put their le- their head in between your legs, in between your knees and then you link both their arms up so they can't put their hands down and then you just drop their head on the 
on the floor. Now in in WWE, they do it so that they're because they're obviously protecting each other because it's entertainment, yes. not real. Yeah. So they have their head like quite high up into the other person's groin so that their head the knees are touching the floor not their head yeah but that's not what happened in this not situation on the playground jungle. no well this was done on carpet in a classroom so what happened was the massive bump and friction burn it just <sighs> ripped the skin off of this kid's forehead and he was left with a big scar on the middle of his forehead that'll be there for life oh we had a lot of wrestling type things and then there was jackass wasn't there so all the kids i knew were hurting themselves trying to set their farts on fire and shit like that like that was just all just like putting themselves in shopping trolleys and just pushing them into the the street like things like that there was wrestling and then that happened but yes carry on yeah sorry no go on I was just going to say, I don't recognise these wrestlers, but I'm assuming they filmed that at an actual WWF match. And it they looked like it. Yeah, and the audience would have been told, like, they're doing it as part of the show. We've got to pretend this is Fader's son or whatever. Yeah. So look- I'm, those kids, they must have loved acting that. Because they are still young. They're still, like, 16, 17 or whatever. Like, that must have been fucking brilliant. Yeah, that must have been awesome. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. You just you've just reminded me of something so stupid that in school that what was around this wrestling time something that was going around was called an American Dreamer. Did you ever hear of this? I don't think so. A bit like okay. bum slaps. It's passed me by. <laughs> I asked on Twitter about bum slaps, and not that I've got a huge following on Twitter. I really haven't. It's mostly political ranting. Um, but no one replied to say they knew what it was. I was what like, does that mean? verify that wherever you are in the country, this was the thing. No that one. must be, that must mean. What does that mean? Is that local <sighs> to this area of the country? I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe we just called it bum slaps. Maybe it's called something else. I didn't explain what it was called. I just said, if I say bum slaps in relation to football, do you know what I'm talking about? And then I got replies of people asking me, is it a bit like this? And there was something wildly different, but equally weird. Okay. But you have to give weird. context to that now, surely. Um, one of my mates replied to say, is it a bit like, I can't remember what he called it. Something willy something. I can't remember what he called it, but it's essentially when you're getting changed after rugby and you have to try and like slap people with your penis. I okay. Think- I think flaccid. I'm not. I don't know. But that's a game. That's also a game. Rugby so is rugby is yeah. kind of famous for the, these kind of things, isn't it? Like if you're part of a rugby team, like it's a bit intense with stuff like that. There is just it is. I think it's just a lot more nude showering. Right. Like rugby's a bit more like here we are all naked. We're just chatting and we're naked. Right. Where Whereas, football's a bit more like, I'm going to get changed in the car before I get there. Yeah. And then there's girl sport, which is like, I'm actually, I'm never going to shower. I'm going to put my clo- PE clothes on under my school clothes so that no piece of skin is aired to anyone here, even though our bodies mostly look the same. Right. Right. You just put the school uniform back on over the top. Sweat- no one sweated because no one's put in any effort. So it's fine. <laughs> bit of Charlie Red body spray. You're good to go. Right. A bit of Link's right. Africa in your changing room, I'm sure. 
Oh, God, Lynx Africa. Yeah, my sister used to say, she'd say, you smell like a tart boudoir. And I never understood <laughs> what that meant until like a few years ago when I recalled it. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Oh, it was all Lynx Africa and jupe. You know, mm. when people started buying like a proper eau de toilette and it was right. jupe. So if I smell that now, that takes me back. Yeah. <laughs> to smelly teenage boys well yeah. right an, Amer- an american dreamer was you were told and instructed to um put your hands on your knees this is in the school playground um put your hands on your knees and hyperventilate for a minute you know just fast breathing in and out then stand up and you'd stand up against the wall while someone else would take two hands and just press as hard as they could on your chest and what would happen is it would like push all of the oxygen or whatever to your head and you'd just faint and collapse. Um, and we people were doing this all around the school where they're just collapsing other kids until it got banned because a kid did it in the middle of a class and he, when he collapsed, he fell forward and smacked his face into a desk. When someone did it to me because, you know follower uh not a leader was just a follower i was right i was up against a brick wall and so when i had collapsed and i got up well i didn't have a very thick shirt on so as i've gone it's the wall scraped across my back and i'd like cut all my back up um but how scary is that like that that's such stupid stupid shit That's what I should have done to them kids in the shop. I should have said, hey, put your hands on your knees. One minute. Then start, bam, bam, bam. I wonder if you could have got them to do that. Like, if they were scared enough that you could have been like, and now, hokey cokey. Um, (laughs) The scary thing now is that those things like that happen, like the dream or challenges and things, but people do them on TikTok. And then kids get re... And then so instead of like, oh, it's quite localised, this is funny, school to school, suddenly it's like a million kids doing it and on the internet for people to watch. Mm -hmm. So Scary. Disclaimer, please don't do the dream out or any of the wrestling... Please don't. ...podcasts, and we won't be able to talk to you do. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so shit like this, uh, there must be things now. I'll find out about it soon. My kid's going to secondary school next week. Oh, that's terrifying. Next like, week. I play bum slaps at break time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. Just don't play the rugby changing room game. Any <laughs> bum slaps I can live with. Stay away from the rugby team. Yeah. But yeah, so oh. I'll, probably, I'll hear about some of these things perhaps. And I've just got to hope that my kid has the sense to make some decisions that will keep her unharmed. God, I hope so for you and for myself in like 10 years time. It's just that's such a horrible kids do such dumb, dumb shit, dumb shit. I hated rugby in school. I've never understood it. Hated all sports. Absolutely not for me. I'll go and stand way out here um, while we're playing rounders in case anyone's left handed. No one's (laughs) left handed. I'll just stand over here. And have incredible hay fever and hope that no one is left-handed. <laughs> the worst one was cross-country. Hey, just run for like oh. five, six miles around this forest. Oh, my God. Why? Well, cross-country was just laps of the field. That's not cross-country. That's just making us run in the rain round and round while people in the classrooms are laughing at us. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And there's me at the back every time. And then swimming lessons. Yes, I'm in the group at the bottom end of the pool. God, the humiliation. My kid needs a note to get out of PE. 100% writing it. Just have them already stored. I'll create a million illnesses that sound real but aren't. I'm looking forward to the challenge. (laughs) <laughs> well let's to bring it back to teachers yes. like mr feeney i just keep thinking mr feeney mr turner we don't get as much mr turner this season we'll get to yes. that but i've been i just keep thinking man how cool would it be to have a teacher that cares this much like i i was thinking i'm sure there was a teacher here or there that that cared like and that was into it but the way I sort of remember school being was it was kind of they were trying to get you through education in like a military kind of like stance to it or if you turn up you do this it was all very black and white if you speak back you get punished if you get this you get that like I've I've, I've I wrote this in the Patreon very early days but it does exist it's in there somewhere I wrote about my first day of school kind of looking back on it as like a we can laugh at it now kind of thing well my first day of secondary school I had a pencil case full of pens because it was like a big deal that in primary school we wrote in pencil in secondary school you wrote in pen this was like a, a big thing and so I had my pencil case which I think was a friend's pencil case, actually. It's like the picture when they're all drinking the milkshakes. Oh, I love and, that. And um, so all I had was pens. And one of the first lessons was like graphics for some reason. And it was with this guy called Mr. Harvey, who uh, later had to leave the school because he had an affair with like a 21-year-old teacher who was... Uh, <laughs> And he was like in his like he was like near retirement age or something. And uh anyway, but he was also like the deputy head. And maybe he was just trying to make an example out of me, but he like was like, Okay, everyone get your pencils out. And so I'm like, Oh, I don't have any pencils. So what do I do? I put my hand up and say, Oh, you know, excuse me, sir, sorry, I don't have any pencils. All I've got is pens. And so he this is a reasonable response, right? Yeah. You think he'd just give me a pencil, right? Instead, he shouts at me in front of the entire class and says, if I ever turn up to one of his lessons again without a pencil, I have an immediately an immediate two hour after school detention. So it just instilled complete fear into me. And I don't think he gave me a pencil. I think I had to draw in pen. It's like Mr. Feeney wouldn't do that. He would just give you, you know, like what a way to start your 11, 11. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Mr. Harvey. Prick. Fuck you, Mr. Harvey, if you're listening, you weirdo. Um, and not in a good way. Um, yeah, school is very much boot camp. This curriculum is enormous. They have to teach it to you because the end goal is getting really good GCSE pass results. Yeah. So, so it is very much, has to be, re- and I get there's loads of kids, so you need some order. And the easiest way to do that is to scare them into towing the line so that it can remain really regimented and everyone just does what they're told. So if you're slightly, don't fit in the cookie cutter shape, like which some kids don't, you're absolutely fucked because you just can't. If you're not able to follow the rules, sit still in your chair, organise your bag and shit so you've got what you need, 
like any learning access needs if english isn't your first language jesus christ it's a million times harder and it's, schools will say oh, we do they'll know much more it's not like when you're at school now it's much more inclusive and it's much more but the bottom line is this is the curriculum they have to teach it to you in the 20 hours or whatever it is you're there each week so that the school looks good when you all pass your exams so it's got to remain like a boot camp to keep order and control but through fear like you say like there, there were always te- there were always teachers that you knew taught like that well mm. one guy I asked was an art teacher mr short who ironically was very tall and he loved telling people that he used to be in the army in south africa love that so immediately you're a bit like this guy means business and he was a fucking asshole um, Fuck you, Mr. Short. It doesn't work there anymore, so it's not like I've got to worry about my kids turning up on Monday. Mr. Short somehow has heard this podcast. Um, <laughs> but he was a dick. And it, and it was even worse than when I worked at the school later on and was with the kids that needed extra support. The way he spoke to them, I was like, you're just not, you're just a shit human being. Like, you're horrible. Mm-hmm. And then there are nice ones. You do get, yeah. there are Mr. Feeney's. The issue is that they don't have enough input. Like you have mm. five different lessons a day. You might see that one amazing teacher once a week if the subject they teach you, you know, so you do get enough. Really, you needed that nice teacher also living next door like Mr. Feeney and then they could have <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, Mr. Ward um, or Mr. Walsham, my two favourites, didn't live next door. They would have mm-hmm. absolutely fucking hated it if they did. Oh, can you imagine? Like, I would have been around there all the time. Um, like, please be my surrogate father. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, you don't get enough time with the Feenies of the world, do you? Corey's very lucky. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I had some good teachers as well. But and But also, sometimes you have a good teacher, but you don't you don't have that connection with them. Like I remember we had, I had an RE teacher, Mr. Seabrook, and he was like the coolest because he was probably like our age now. And um, so he was kind of, he was a bit younger, but he used to teach RE as just conversations. Maybe it was just lazy lesson planning, but he would just talk, he would just talk about what he was doing at the weekend and talk about this, that and the other. And then he would meld it into uh, religion so it was really interesting but that's, uh that's but, a gift being able to do that isn't it like it sort of intertwine your own stories with the subject like which is what mr feeney does isn't it he, he can right. like, pull the life lessons into so that they're still learning about whatever the lesson's supposed to be about exactly and he was also like he was into wrestling and this was the time when we were interested and all these kind of other things um and so I like, I loved him. I chose RE for GCSE just because I wanted to be in his class. But I, but he didn't have, I was so quiet in class and very shy and in my own head and daydreaming all throughout school. I didn't really have that rapport with him, but he had a rapport with some of the other students and they were like clearly his favorites. And I remember in a way that was almost a bit disheartening in a way because it's like, I wish. I had that, but that was more on my end for not being as confident, you know. Um, but then you could say, well, everyone should feel confident in those spaces. But then, like you said, we had like 30 kids in a class, you know, yeah. and uh, it's, it's different. But, yeah, I had, and I had like a really great French teacher that everyone was terrified of. 
but some for some reason she really liked me in like a Corey kind of way because I didn't do the work. I didn't do the homework. <laughs> One of my friends, Josh, thank you, Josh, he would do his French homework and then he'd do mine for me as well. He would just copy it out. That's how I just... did maths. That was, that was my year 11 maths, which is the final year of, we're 16, it's the final year of high school for us. Um, I, I used to just, the two lads sat behind me, I'd copy their work and then copy other people's homework and then wonder why I failed the GCSE because <laughs> I hadn't absorbed any information at all. <laughs> you do what you can to get by, don't you? But you're 16. Yeah. Like, think about You're 16. Yeah. Why should you be doing life-changing things at 16? You shouldn't. You've got no sense of... If you don't appreciate what you've got, you don't appreciate the gift that you've got, that education, all those teachers, do you? So sometimes you no. might have a Feeny and you just don't even notice that they really did give a shit about you and they really did want you to do well because you're too busy being like, oh my God, I hate being here. I just want to chat with my friends. I'm trying to get through the week to the next disco. Like you're not, you're not there, you know, and they might really be a Feeny and really care about you, but you're just not paying attention. Right, exactly. Like We'd appreciate school way more now. But oh, at the same time, now. Yeah. We've, but now we've got shit to do. We've got families and jobs and things, you know, mm-hmm. um, podcasts to record. You that know, is. I'm sorry. I can't do RE right now. I need to talk about Boy Meets World season four. <laughs> but your teacher would have incorporated that somehow mm. into learning about the pillars of Islam or something. Like he would have made it work. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> True. I can't remember any any of it anymore. Yeah. That's the other thing as well. You can't. You don't actually really retain this stuff. I can't remember anything from school. No. I don't think. Well, because it's about repetition, isn't it? And if you're not, if you haven't got reason to use it, or you're not repeating it enough, your brain has to delete stuff to make room for what's important now. So I'm mm. not going to remember which is this a masculine or feminine French noun. I, I what do I put in front of it? I'm not going to remember that because I live in England. Um, when I go to Disneyland in France, I try to speak French, embarrass myself, and they speak English to me because they're like, she's foreign. Um, <laughs> so I need to make room for remembering the Boy Meets World series to talk to you about. It takes priority over French verbs and shit. It definitely does. And, and it's, I think it's a lot about... No, this this might sound really kind of liberal or, or whatever it is, but it's more about feeling. Like, I feel like I learned the most from work, doing Camp America and working there. And I remember it was about how to work with other people and how like how certain people would treat me, how that would make me feel and vice versa. And trying to, that was more important than anything else. Because if you had a good relationships with people, then you could mess up and they don't mind. Because, yeah. you know... knowing knowing that stuff knowing how to get on with people that have come together from all different walks of life you wouldn't necessarily come across in your own little arse end of nowhere town at home speaking (laughs) of god where you live might be lovely um but if you could learn to get on with anyone that is more useful to you in any other setting in your entire life whether that's a job whether it's further education whether it's your shitty neighbor next door whether it's pat in pound stretcher getting abused by the kids you 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 speaking to those kids like knowing how to approach people and what to say to get the results you want and how to compromise all that stuff you learn at camp america sets you up for every life scenario 
except for asking how to get to the swimming pool in French. (laughs) But you would know how to be really a polite, I'm really sorry, I'm an ignorant English person, but I'm really polite. And that Mm -hmm. would get you by. Yeah. Camp America. No, for real. That is completely it. So where did you get yours from? My what from? So if I got it, I got it from Camp America. Where did you get yours from? I got mine from when I was in the last year of sixth form. So I was 17 turning 18. A lad in the year below who I didn't know very well. I'd once gone out with this friend. I thought he was irritating. He's now one of my best friends in the whole world. um, Said he volunteers at the local youth club. Do I want to come? They're always looking for volunteers. I went and fell in love with it. So everything I, and then ended up, getting a like once I was old enough getting a job there and that was my career then so once I I learned everything that I needed to know some of it was from learning it from like hard knock life like just my life that I could then put into my youth work stuff but so everything about getting on with people and and dealing with young people has put me in good stead for other stuff so I can just I can make a conversation with a 15 year old about anything I'm not embarrassed. I can talk about any topic. Like I don't know where I, where I would have got another job where I could just get comfortable talking about anything and being really honest. It helped with that stuff. I had to learn how to speak to parents and other services and agencies and whatnot and be a bit more formal, like how to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where I learned mine. So quite similar to Camp America, really. Hanging out with some kids. <laughs> that's everything <laughs> yeah. we know. But, but and what's the common ground is it's experience and it's just yeah. doing it, isn't it? And I think, well, we'll find out. I mean, you're about to find out a lot quicker than me, but maybe schools are incorporating things like that more. Um, we'll see. But uh, Mr. Feeney does do that perfectly in that yeah. his lessons are generally about real life or it's about whatever the classroom bit is. But then in real life, which I can't believe we haven't spoken about this yet, the quiz show. The co- what? That is the episode. Is what like what even happens? There's like a, a brain. He has dream. a brain on his head. It's like a trippy dream. That episode, isn't it? I recognise the um, the woman that like puts the quiz together, like the blonde. Adult. I recognised her too. I'm I not sure where from. from. Obviously, I can't look it up. But yeah, that quiz episode just goes a bit. When... And they're kind of, they kind of shit all over like that. Your intelligence is pop culture based, which I know you'll find offensive because your whole life now is pop culture. But because that's still that's just the knowledge of the future. Like, yeah. like you can talk about Socrates or who like. But even the ancient Greeks would have had people they gossiped about and went to watch the play. And like, that was, oh, so-and-so shagging so-and-so in town. Like that. So knowing about <laughs> celebrities doing that now doesn't make you thick. No. You know what I mean? Like they kind of, yeah, they shit all over it a little bit. And I, but then, and then it does start to get too wild. 80 million thousand points for where is the moon up? It's up. Like it just, <laughs> It keeps going to a new level of what I don't understand what's happening here. And then the episode's over and you're like, what just happened? But they do keep the old man that's the announcer on the microphone. He gets to keep his job. So they're not ageist. That guy's in the first episode of this season. 
when Eric wants to stay in the yogurt town, he's the yes. guy at the bar eating pie next to him. And I recognised him then as just being an old guy in some things. I'm not sure what. And Same. And then he the quiz. And I was like, oh, he's had a career move. The same with the guy that's in Sex and the City. Is it Willie Carson? Garson? He's like a famous actor now. He's in Friends. You know when Ross moves into the building and the neighbour's like, we need $100. Yeah. And they the hate that guy. He used to work at the dad's grocery store and then wasn't mentioned again. And then he popped up in this as something else. Like, And I was like, how are you? Oh, he was in the, he was in the camping the shop. Camps, like, the camp oh. store, yeah. And I was like, do you not remember you worked with him for many years? Yeah, I think he was a friend of the creator because they spoke about this on the podcast. He was a friend of the creator. So I think that's how that happened. But good, good eye. Good that eye. Does, that happens in these shows, though. Like they think they're an extra. They've only had a few lines and no one will notice if they come back later. There's there's a huge, there's one in Dawson's Creek. And when we were watching the finale. I was waiting for you to notice, but you didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> the girl... You know when Joey's at work in her office in New York and she's talking to the girl and she says, oh, how are you ever going to get your own ring if you don't go like go away for the weekend and go for it? Her, right? She's yeah. been in it before. She's been in it when Dawson and um, Pacey go with the weird guy from New York to go to like strip clubs and things. They go on the ferry. Oh, and yeah. And talks to the girl in the bar because she's got like a movie T-shirt on or some shit. It's her. So Dawson. So in well, my mind, I like to pretend that she that's her. She's just grown up and now works in New York. Well, that's good. Well, well, this is going to connect. So, and this would be it. This is a full circle connection on that quiz show. When they're Corey, Topanga and Sean in the first time they're on there are against the actual intelligent mm-hmm. book, intelligent academics. There's uh, one of one of the kids, the Asian kid. His name is Marcus Toji, and he has been interviewed on our podcast. What, for like one of your 90s movies ones? Yeah, so he was in The Little Giants, which is a Rick Moranis American football movie, but for, you know, for kids. Yeah. And it's about sort of the quote-unquote rejects form a team, and then they play a playoff against the main team and it's kind of the it's like the mighty ducks but i want to watch of, that that sounds good so he's one of the kids in that he's one of the kids in that and that's like a beloved beloved it, that's up there with the mighty ducks for me it's beloved and we actually had the main the main character on it it's called icebox who's a, a girl and that's the whole thing girls can't play football and we had her on and which was amazing this was like wait this is before we started one tree hill but we had him on and he spoke about being on boy meets world and he was in this episode and he was also in an earlier episode of this season he got like milk thrown on him or something but as like a different character oh i um, know the bit like they do something to the milk cartons don't they and they get the kids to drink it and it pours out all over them yeah, he was one of them kids as well. Um, but he said he had a great time on the yeah. show. I remember him saying that. But I thought that was, you know, they're just, you know, using... And he said on the interview, he likes to think that his character then got the milk put on him and then was like, oh, I'm going to study really hard and then made it all the way to this quiz show. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, I guess that's he ab- got... that's absolutely what my mind does when I see people that I'm like, this is just how they followed along. Like, this is this was part of their story. This is what they were doing in the 90s. Yeah. I can't wait to be able to Google all this stuff because normally that's the sort of thing I would have found out myself. 
Right. Well, but did did you enjoy the episode as as crazy as it was? Did you still enjoy it as being entertaining? Yeah, it wasn't one of my favourites because I think I do prefer the episodes that are a little bit more grounded as opposed to the wild ones. So, for example, like you really liked the 50s episode in the last season, whereas I wouldn't choose that as one of my favourites. So what was one of your favourites of this season? Um, let me refer to my notes. Because um, I do write haven't... down the things that I really like. I don't know if it's whole episodes I like or elements of episodes that then make that a brilliant episode. So the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, that was a good one. Is a good they? episode, yeah. Because I mean, uh, we, haven't, we haven't spoken about Sean much yet, have we? Do you want to jump to Sean? Yeah, well, can I just say with that one, what I thought was they put it perfectly in there. So I'm going to butcher the quote, but essentially Corey said, what is what you know what he was thankful for and they didn't they were already outside having their own thanksgiving uh dinner and the parents were like watching from afar and he said something along the lines of i'm grateful that i was brought up to treat everybody with respect and you know i don't know how he put it but you know not judging people on their economic stature or you know judging them of anything else and my parents gave that to me though they didn't get that themselves something along those lines how did he put that that it is it is basically that it is basically that that i love that the the whole point is that a generation before him weren't brought up to be tolerant of everybody and be right. embracing diversity and might not necessarily have even had friends that were different to themselves and everyone kind of stuck to their own groups and and they're growing up in the time now i mean i can't I was a kid in the 90s, so I don't know if I would have fully appreciated what that kind of, what the vibe was going on then. But um, you do, the the whole, the whole parenting thing is that you take the bits of your childhood that you thought were great or the things that you thought your parents were great and then realise the things that either could have helped you out a bit more or they, they did, you feel that they failed at or that they didn't incorporate into their parenting and you add that in. Like that's kind of what happens, isn't it? So his whole point is that he's from a generation that they, their parents wouldn't have said to them, can you play with all the kids in the street, please? And not ignore the one kid without shoes on or, you know, like, whereas we, like his parents then have actively encouraged him to have all kinds of friends. He's friends with Sean, who's clearly grown up in a trailer park. His parents have thought nothing of it, have they? Like, even though they wouldn't necessarily spend any time with those people. And right, because that was the bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was that they, they've imparted that onto him, but yet they don't necessarily have that themselves. And that was kind of, that was like one of those, this was, it was a strange episode in a way in that it was the parents learning the lesson, not the the children or not Corey and Sean. If anything, they were disappointed. The parents were doing a really shit job of just being polite and getting on. <laughs> it was always frustrating to watch like fucking hell can you just make some conversation like we've all been there at places having dinner places we didn't want to have dinner just make a little bit of chit chat talk about what's on the telly or the weather outside like i don't know how you can't just get through that like do is alan works in customer services for pete's sake you would have dealt with worse <laughs> yeah he he's dealt with shitty award. kids like he's clearly good at stuff like that don never won a grossy award that he's mentioned 
So no. come on, Alan, pull your finger out your ass and just sit and make chit chat. I don't get <laughs> it. But it has to be that bad, doesn't it? For the lesson to be, look how much the kids have just fucking given up on their parents because they're hopeless. They're having yeah. their own feast outside and enjoying and, it much more. Yeah, for sure. And, and also, though, if it's broken free plastic forks, just give him a metal fork. Does it matter if it matches? Surely non-matching metal cutlery is better than plastic cutlery for what I'm assuming is essentially a roast dinner, which needs a lot of cutting. I don't have matching cutlery. I do have a set that does match, but it's mixed in with older sets that I bought and then they break it. And eventually I gave up and just bought fully metal cutlery. You cannot break this. I like to be in a dishwash. These plastic handle ones are cute, but they they get ruined. So, but I don't throw them away when I get a new set. It's a perfectly usable spoon until it falls apart. So there's a there's a mixture and I like it. Yeah. But how rough is he being with a plastic fork? He's clearly not ha- tried to eat a KFC with a fork. <laughs> or a, like, do you never have fast food, Alan? You know, right. that's given a spork and you do what you can. Um, I feel like when you break the first one, you'd be extra cautious. Just pick it up and don't slice. Just nibble it off or put it in whole. Yeah. Like it's just, but I love that the lesson here is that kids don't start out with, prejudices do they they just don't they're blank slates yeah and and then it's their environment from when they're really small that creates this you know yes it's all learned it's all learned behavior yeah but and it's it's great because they taught them the and it was it was nice i mean it's very 90s sitcom but you know then sean's dad is putting the chair out for amy and yeah Alan's pulling the chair out for Sean's mum. I can't remember her name, but yeah, it was quite, it was a nice way to finish it off. That's like one of those ones where there's only two minutes left. How are they going to sa- yeah. you know, satisfy this ending? And yet they well, satisfy the it perfectly. Yeah. Just the conversation at the end, the parents overhear it, of course, because that's what happens and it's sorted. I liked that with Sean, we had a bit of a resolution with his parents because I remember I said in the last one, like, is he just going to move back with his dad? And that's, off he goes like he's he's a shit parent we know that he said he is like are we just leaving this child so we did he did have conversations with his dad didn't he about like you just you know and his dad kind of admitting that he wasn't there like and that that's all he needed was that you need to spend some time here with me like so I was glad we had that episode and then obviously off the Thanksgiving and you see a little bit more of their family set up and it looks like it's going all right yeah, so far so good. I mean, they're putting in the work, but that's good. That oh, a difficult episode for Sean when Chet, his dad, became the janitor at the school and oh, he was getting bullied for it. That's. I mean, that happens, doesn't it? Not necessarily your pet. I mean, my best mate's mum uh, worked at our school. She was an RE teacher, um, and then she became like deputy head. But that was all right actually because she was. She was Sam, like she was all right. Um, I was incredibly intimidated by her family. They were very middle class and I was completely, what am I doing in your kitchen? You have Coke in the fridge. They had a separate drinks fridge, Simon. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Right? But anyway, that's by the by. But you do have like your whole existence at school is being embarrassed about stuff, isn't it? 
Yeah, or worried you're about to be embarrassed yeah, by something. Everything you say, what you're wearing, what you do. You you opened your mouth to speak and you burped. You did something wrong in your book and your teacher told you. Everything is just cringe. Like, world swallowing yeah. me up. So, unfortunately, there are some jobs in society that are looked down upon, usually the ones that are the most vital. Um, without people cleaning stuff, can you imagine? Like, the earth's a dump as it is. Can you imagine? Um, so, I... I could completely imagine that Sean was embarrassed by that. Well, but there was a great, a great um, reconciliation again at the end where he, Sean grabs the mop and just looks the guy in the face like, yeah, fuck you. I can, you know, I'm not embarrassed by this. Like, yeah, I mean, that guy obviously was a douchebag and it was but he even gave the nod at the end i like to watch people when it's like they have no more lines to see if they keep acting and he kind of like gave the okay i do that right. too especially you know at the like at the end of a scene and they're waiting for someone to say cut like yeah the final scene of the episode goes on slightly longer doesn't it and then the, like the credits pop up over the top and it pauses and so sometimes i watch how long can you hold that face before the credits pop up? It's funny. Yes, I do like people whose faces, when they're passive and they're not like everyone actively got lines or movement, but they're still the face is still in the zone. Yeah, very well. Well, they were saying on on the podcast that in season one, and they were saying how Ben Savage Corey was so ridiculously talented or is ridiculously talented because even from them season one days he didn't just memorize his lines he memorized the entire script so he knew everyone's lines which is crazy but it meant that like if he ever lost he could never lose his place because he knew everyone's lines but there's times where other people are talking and you can see him mouthing along to their lines (laughs) i'll look out for that on a rewatch that's funny well um also, we have the first ever, to this point, two-parter episode, part one and a part two, with Topanga moving away. Did you ever have any fear that she was going to stay in Pittsburgh? Um, No. I knew she was coming back. I mean, I saw it was a two-parter, because the title, it says part one or whatever, and I thought, this has ended on her leaving what's going to happen in the second half. It's not going to be, oh, we're breaking up. Like, she's a, she's going all the way, isn't she, Topanga, to the end. I can't imagine they're not going to kill her off next week or something. And it, um, Keith Scott. I didn't, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Um, I didn't, Sean shoots her. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. This has got very dark very quickly. Um, that would be cool. That'd make fun. That'd make fun podcasting. Um I didn't know how she was going to come back. Like, I didn't know. Obviously, we didn't know there was the aunt turning up, did we? That had yeah, to it was be convenient. Then, yeah, it was convenient so they, aunt. Yeah, the convenient aunt we've never met. Um, so when she turned up, I was like, oh, she's going to live with the aunt. Clearly, she's close by. Like, they rang. She was there within 30 seconds, maybe half an hour TV time. So I knew <laughs> she's going to live with the aunt. I thought, she can't move in with Corey. You can't move in with the Matthews family. Like, they're... You can't do that, can you? You can't move your son's girlfriend in at 15. You can't. Happened, um, it happened to me. It happened to you? Mm-hmm. What, your girlfriend moved in? Roxanne? At 18. No, no. Oh, not Roxanne. No. At 18, it happened. And it was 
a disaster. It's a whole, it's a whole other story for a whole other time. But it was a nightmare, and uh, it wasn't my idea. It was my parents' idea, and uh, yeah, terrible. I like went to university to get away. Oh God! Well, because <laughs> yeah. it just becomes you're not. That's a very grown up scenario. You living with a partner. You're not a grown up. Mm-hmm. They're not your grown parents' up. house. Yeah, like the yeah. Pres- the pressure of that, and then you, your girlfriend or like or whoever is having to live with your parents is weird. Mm-hmm. It was like, terrible. It was a terrible me. idea. No, you but... don't share a room with anyone at eighteen all the time, do you? I needed to be by myself all the time. Yeah, yeah. what well, it got like... so, it it got so bad. I used to I used to tell her that I had. Like on, I remember it was on a Tuesday. I'd tell her I've got college classes all day. I didn't. I had nothing. I'd go to my friend, my friend Dave's house at nine in the morning, and uh, we would just smoke weed all day and play PlayStation. And then I'd go back at five. I'd do it every Tuesday. But imagine, like, you should have been able to do that in your own bedroom. <laughs> like this what? is upsetting to me. Like, were you actually sharing a room as well? Like, you didn't even have your mm-hmm. own like. No, no, it and and, you feel anxious thinking about it. It was a small house as well, like as in there was, it was a three bedroom house, but the third bedroom was a box was a box room, and Mm -hmm. so there were the two main bedrooms. So there's the room that I was in with her, a wall, and then my parents' bedroom. You know, so it's like we were one wall away. But it's not even like you're having really wild fun either, is it? You're not what, having we used... far fun because your parents are next door and you can't sit on your own at any point. And suddenly we... you're in a very committed grown-up relationship. We... And your yeah, well, we really like uh, makes it even more awkward. No, well, we used to have crazy arguments because we're trapped in this cage together. But then I would be so worried about waking my parents up or anything like that. So we'd be like whispering these arguments. <laughs> um, it was terrible, but I always, it was a really bad time of my life, but I have to look, I look back on it and I always have to keep this perspective is that my parents were doing what they thought was best at the time. Like, and that's, I think that's the thing that my parents have have said to me over the years is that, no parent wants to do the wrong thing. They're all trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And I'm sure that you and I, in our own ways, will do the same, not those things, but have our own things oh, where our all, kids... We're all going to give our kids reasons for therapy. We're all doing yeah. it. You can do the best job you want. Your kids never... There's no such thing as a perfect human, so you can't expect to raise one. Like, we're not... That's not... I mean, the end goal would be, please, please just be really grounded and happy. But that's not, no one's grounded and happy all the time. So whether it's something you do or social or whatever, we're messing them up in our own special way. Um, Exactly. I I mean, if it came down to, I mean, if Topanga was on the streets, homeless, then Amy and Alan would have taken her in, wouldn't they? In the same way that they were ready to take in Sean. Like, they would do it. But the reality is she wasn't homeless. So I mm-hmm. did see Amy's point of view. Like, I, I have to call your parents and tell them that you're here because they clearly don't know you've left. You've gone in the middle of the night, travelled hours and hours. It's like 300 miles away or something. Like, she's travelled, like, hours and hours to get there. In uh, uh, It's night time. It's raining. Your parents don't know where you are. You have to call. 
Like, yeah, they they had to, and they're not going to be like, oh, okay, cool, chip, bye. Like, and the drama was really good. Like between Corey and oh. Amy, like the acting was really good. Amy doesn't yeah. necessarily get that much to do in these episodes, and she had a lot to do in that one. And I like the way it rounded off, where actually she. This was the same scenario that happened with her and Alan and that, you know, when she turns to, you know, I've known Topanga too, you know, for 16 years and I know the sort of person that she is. And yeah, I thought it was, I think that was probably one of the best episodes for performances and for the emotions and it remaining kind of serious it was more drama than comedy that episode but done really well yeah it was yeah you're right it was nice for amy to have a bit more to do um and it was it was intense and i didn't agree i agreed i didn't agree with her when she was saying you know you don't know that this is real love until you've been out with other people or because she doesn't know that either she doesn't know that she doesn't know that this if this is real love or not you don't know do you never know you get together, you, you want to be with that person forever and you hope that you always want to be with that person forever. But there's no guarantee with anything which way the wind's going to change. Like you don't... So I was a bit like, you're kind of shitting all over what they've got going on here, Amy. Like you're not really... <laughs> get... The point is that they currently feel very much in love and feel very desperate that they're being separated. And that's all that matters. Yes, you need to ring the parents so they know their kid's safe but they don't need the lecture. They just didn't need the lecture about, you don't know that you're in love. I went out with four people. Like they didn't need that at that moment. Yeah. And, and I think, I guess, and I guess to your point, it doesn't actually matter because of what you just said. I think when you're young and like that young, there's a different, it's hard to differentiate between this is love. These are, this is, you know everything to actually this is is this maybe just the first time you're experiencing those emotions so they feel heightened because you've got nothing to compare it to yeah whereas when you're older or when you're more experienced you can feel like well this this here is different to what i have experienced previously so this feels like love where you know but 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 at the same time maybe it is yeah, I mean, the the thing is that they, it, it doesn't matter whether, you do look back at like what you thought was your first love and think first love and love are almost not the same thing, are they? Mm-hmm. Like it's more about infatuation, I think, with the first love and it's being caught up in the feelings. I'm a teenager and look how romantic and angsty and you are consuming a lot of teen TV and it all just feels <laughs> like your whole world is in this, per- like, and so then you look back on it and you think, was that love? Because this now is love. But maybe you do that, you might meet someone at 75 as a widow and be like, oh, this is love now. Like, this feels different again. Like, it's not... But whether that's true or not, whether they are just infatuated and they'll break up as soon as they go to college and they'll just keep in touch on Facebook, <laughs> it, what they're feeling at the moment is what matters. And like mm-hmm. the feeling of them just being so desperate and not wanting to leave each other. Like I, I didn't experience that. Like someone moving away, my best mate had moved away from her friends to live near me. So I was like, um, 
that like she must have experienced that but I imagine is that what it felt like a little bit like for you when you moved to Cornwall I guess uh yeah I mean I wasn't leaving I didn't have a a girlfriend at that time uh but I guess that was part of what was happening when I was coming back and that's why partly why I think why they brought her (laughs) and I think oh my god they brought she was a Cornish girl you brought her with you yeah that's what happened (laughs) we need to just have other conversations about life stories because this is supposed to be a boy meets world but actually we spend a huge amount of time talking about the ages between 11 and 18 so like, much stuff oh, happens in those times, doesn't it? I know, it? and it's really all, a lot of it's all a little bit of nothing, but it's all really interesting, isn't it? And it's huge for stuff sh- at the time. For like, sure. This story in Topanga is massive. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> just to add just a final bit of context to that, just so you people don't think my parents were completely crazy, though to an, ex- <laughs> to an extent they were. Um, but I just, ha- I just had that major car accident. Um, and so me, I met her a bit after that, like a bit after, and I think they thought that she helped me. Yeah. Like not necessarily recover, but maybe mentally recover. I hadn't recovered. I wouldn't recover mentally and process it until many years later. Um, but maybe even to the point they might have thought she was a good distraction yeah i was gonna say she was probably a distraction for you like what else did you have other than boy meets world at that time you know (laughs) nothing nothing (laughs) okay well yeah the i think the the other thing was she was a bit older than me um she was like a year maybe yeah maybe a year and a half older I don't know I think she wanted to get out of Cornwall which hey you know I don't blame you but um she was like Dick Whittington she wanted to move (laughs) to the big city yeah but it was terrible I mean my I remember my mum being like like would get would get really annoyed because she'd say something like why does she have to put her little makeup hands on my wall because like down the side of the stairs there'd be like little handprints of like orange makeup or whatever you just not um, say i know mum she's fucking me off as well get her out <laughs> please for the love of god even, i'm trying to picture the com- conversation like did she just did she decide to leave or did there have to be a conversation in which you told her you she needed to, to go oh man i oh. i once i once got so annoyed like so frustrated that I was like I dropped her to go to work and I think she worked she worked as a hairdresser um and I dropped her there and we'd had this argument on the way because she didn't drive either so I was driving around in my Vauxhall Corsa while I'm in college was anyway and right out was you... <laughs> I think I had a, I think I had a Vauxhall like sticker at the top did you have to your try... in the back god God, I told this story, didn't I? Or did I tell it when? I don't know. We've done so much podcasting, haven't we? But I think I've told this story somewhere that on one of the podcasts. I don't even know if I want to tell it again. But one time, let me tell this first bit first. So we were driving, we were having this argument, and I was like, "I'm just done with this. Like, can I? I'm done. Let's." And she was like, "I'm done too." And I was like, "Okay, well, after work, I'll drive you home." like back to Cornwall don't know why she then was going to work the day shift and then go home but whatever get home so and I, pack 
Well, I go back. I drop her. I go straight back. I just grab all of her shit and just throw it in the back of my car. Like, I'm not folding or doing anything. Just fucking throwing it in. Like, I'm done with this shit. I'm taking this five-hour drive and just being done. So I go and pick her up. She sees all the stuff in the back of the car and starts crying because she didn't think this was serious. And I was like, what do you mean? We decided this. I was like, come on. She gets in the car. We start driving. And then she's, like, crying. So I feel so awkward. I'm like, well, don't cry. Don't be upset. It's all right. It'll be all right. And then we ended up turning the car around and going back home. And and then she got annoyed that I hadn't folded anything. And I was like, Jesus, let me out. (laughs) I did. I did get out eventually. I was like, I'm not. I'm not going to uni local. I'm going anywhere that's away. Like, and you then did. You did. University of Dreams was thirty seconds from your doorstep. Instead, you went to like St Andrews in Scotland, so you could get as far away as possible. This is why you did yeah. Cap America. You just need to not be anywhere near Cornwall, anywhere within driving distance. <laughs> Every time you went on the motorway, you were like, she could be here. Every time you stopped at the services. I wish I'd been your friend back then because I would have. This would have been absolutely hilarious. I would have come for the road trip as well. I love a road trip. I'd be like, oh, I'll awkwardly sit in the back, shall I? On top of her things. I but I needed someone. Maybe you would have been someone that could have told me and just been I like, just get to her the, you, what the out. What are you doing, Simon? <laughs> Crazy bitch, get in. <laughs> well, but yeah. Well, I mean, the I thing is, is like that shit. Let's go. We're not stopping and turning around because we're almost at Fleet. <laughs> I, I want to go across the bridge and get a Burger King. Let's go. <laughs> well, I see. The thing is, is I, she's not to blame. She wasn't to blame for it either. I'm sure because she's lovely. I'm sure she, she's. Well, fine. I don't know. But the, but I mean, no, I'm sure she was fine. It was just also, I think she she had her own situations going on at home as well, and mm. wanted. I don't. She wasn't like. She wasn't gonna destined to go to university or anything like this. So at eighteen, this was probably like a, an exciting, yeah, idea. Yeah, but and I also away with the boy that you're really into. Like, off we go on an adventure. Like, you can totally understand getting swept up in that. Right, but it just was a huge mistake. Like, it just would have been so much better to just have the because we I'd already got used to it. It was already like, oh, this is sad, but it's going to end. So you know, yeah. it's one of them things. And then it was like, oh, but yeah, it was crazy, and it, and it didn't end. Like, what was funny was I was already over it. Like, as in, when I got to university, I was like, I'm done with this. But I couldn't pull the trigger on ending the relationship. Like, I couldn't just do it so you tried to do like the long distance i'm at uni was she living with your parents while you were there god no no so she went back okay. and then but i was just like well i'm done i'm done with this but i couldn't do it and um, by this point i was i think she'd already cheated on me on my 18th birthday with one of my best friends at my 18th birthday party they went off in a car together for some unknown reason so we'd kind of already had all this distrust so when i went to university i was i was doing my own thing um which i shouldn't you know which i should you doing an should... eric and taking a different girl out every friday night I was busy and (laughs) and uh, but I'm sure she was busy too like I'm fairly certain right at the young farmers club disco right exactly they are Um, actually wild not to be underestimated she then broke up with me by email 
when oh. I was at Camp America, um, and I was devastated for like two days. And it was so funny. Like I've spoken to Ephany about this. It's like it's so funny because you know, all right, the final part of this story, just to round her off, so I never have to talk about her on a podcast again. Facebook becomes a thing literally yeah. that summer like when i was yeah. there and the thing to do with facebook was you take you have a digital camera and you take all your pictures and then you'd upload them all and put them on right yeah. well after camp america i had uh i don't know what i'd call it but i an entanglement with a swedish girl that i met that uh became a thing for a few months there and um I was very proud of this, of putting this up on Facebook and whatever. Like, Not... Look at this babe, I'm putting her on Facebook. Tag. And she, and she saw it, I'm assuming, and didn't take kindly to that because this is a, I'm a few months after this had finished. So she called up my university and made some embellishments and exaggerations Rather than me casually smoking weed, as most college students did, she told the university that I was a drug dealer. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Which was a serious accusation to make, considering I was training to be a primary school teacher at the time. That's like a life ruiner. Right. um, And she also was saying that I was cheating and things like on in class which partly was true because my mom was doing my essays but the i ended up getting called in to like the admission like something to serious people and uh i was terrified terrified that like my parents were gonna find out that whatever was gonna happen and so i just went in there super brolic and confident and just went in with how dare you how dare you, like, you know, believe any accusations of this, that, and the other? Like, I'd never in my life, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And they were like, yeah, fair enough. We, yes, we just, uh, you know, yeah, no that problem. That would be one and- of those things, like, they obviously had to look in, they can't ignore an allegation of drug dealing, like, they have to look into it. But they probably were very much like, crazy ex-girlfriend. It's well, a I didn't. But I, I hate that stereotype, like the crazy ex-girlfriend, because quite often it's used by men that have treated them like absolute shit. Of mm. course we're a little bit fucking crazy. You did this. But in this <laughs> right. scenario, you know, you were both out having fun with other people anyway. You'd called it a day. She waited several months later, saw a picture of a pretty Swede on Facebook <laughs> and decided to ruin your life. Just yeah, slag, pretty much. Just, just slag Simon off to your friends. Maybe send yeah. him a hateful DM like, I wish you were dead. Just do that. <laughs> Have the normal reaction of just, I'm going to sit with my friends and talk about what an absolute <laughs> dick you were. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, tell them all the gossip all about him, how he lived, his performance, everything. Like, you <laughs> yeah. friends, right? That'll do. Write yeah. that on his Facebook wall. You know, he used to write on people's walls. Just yeah. write on his wall, I hate you. You're the shittest mm-hmm. I've ever been with. Goodbye. You don't Some, need the... something about a small penis. Yes, throw that in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's like, that's not. That's really not very normal. Well, so, I didn't even put two and two together. Well, yeah, I didn't even put it together for ages. I was like, well, who would do this? Like, I have no known enemies. Have you <laughs> had a conversation with her about it? Did you then speak to her about it? 
No, 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 never. But there, but there was no, literally nobody else it could have been. No. Like I had no, I had just friends with everyone. So there was no. And the yeah. lesson learned here is if you're caught a university drug dealing, going really bold. <laughs> yeah. How dare they? And you'll be good. Yeah. Or don't do drugs. At no. University, especially selling them. No, well, no, no, it wasn't true. Like, oh, it yes, wasn't... but I'm just saying, like, you could have, you could have been like, I don't know, I'm believing what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> but crazy. Oh, but... I don't know. <laughs> but oh, this... Simon, you should write a book. <laughs> I didn't think any of this stuff was interesting until. I don't know how to bring this back round to Boy Meets World now. Usually I can find a segue back and I can't. Well, I can tell you when um, when Topanga is in the rain when they open the door. I remember remember me being probably like eleven, ten, eleven years old. I remember immediately being in love with her and thinking she was just like the most beautiful woman she, in the world. She is very beautiful, very beautiful. And then she cuts her hair, doesn't she, at the beginning? Of yes. The and I love her with a really long like. It's not as crimped and curls and things now. Season one, it was really fun and wild, wasn't it? And it's still obviously incredibly thick hair. And it's really long. And then she cuts it. And I thought, did they have to pay her loads of money to do that? Or did she had a haircut anyway and then stuck on a wig? Right. Well, they they talked about this already. Well, in that when they used to crimp her hair and everything, her mum used to have to stay up the night before they would shoot and they'd be doing it till three in the morning. Yes. But- so they changed it in season two. And then in this season, she had to go to the showrunner and say, I want to cut my hair. I want shorter hair. She'd had long hair all her life. And the, the guy that Michael Jacobs was like, don't do that. I'll write it into the show and let's make it a moment. So when she cuts her hair, that's real. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Because normally it's a... Uh... Not you like Monica in Friends and Phoebe cuts her hair and it's like an absolute hack job, not what she wanted, but it's actually because the actress had a, her hair cut short and she's wearing a wig, isn't she? Um, yeah. so I thought, oh, it's either a wig or they were like, we really want you to cut your hair. It makes much more sense that way around. But then she's got her new hair. She's got her like sort of thick choppy layers. It was very in, wasn't it? Like we'd had Rachel on Friends and kind of grown her, like the layers cutting around the front was very much a thing. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. I absolutely would have wanted to be Topanga. Yeah, of course. And she's also lovely. Yeah. There's lots of babes on the telly, but it's not that she's a babe. It's that she's she's beautiful, but she's a lovely soul. And she gets on with your best friend as well. Yes, and she's like a super chill girlfriend. Like, Corey cocks up, and while she doesn't let him get away with stuff, she appreciates that he's either very apologetic or by the time he's come to her he's already learned his lesson and they have like because they've got that friendship their conversation it's a little bit unrealistic really their conversations are so open there's nothing awkward so they can talk about like her her not being ready to go away with him for the weekend and stuff like that and I think when I was that age I don't think whether it's because I wasn't in a long-term relationship at 15 but I can't imagine with any of the very short-lived relationships that I had if you can call them that ever having that kind of open conversation yeah god no I mean it's too awkward we're, yeah. we're just gonna sort of awkwardly get on with it 
maybe mention contraception quickly or not talk about it at all and we're just never going to have sex because it's too even awkward to talk about. We'll just yeah. snob it. Like, they're so open and I love that. And I, they have had that foundation of a friend. And we learn a bit more that they really have known each other their whole lives, don't we, this season? Yeah, there's some... Um... Like retconning. Are you familiar with the term retcon? I learned this from Lex. No. Fill me in. Yeah, I like it. I like to use it, try and impress Dom with it. Uh, But retconning is when they, they they rewrite the history of the show. So, like, they're setting up now that they've been, like, Mm. together all of that time. But in season one... There was never any hints of that. There might hints of something to come in the future, but there was never any hints that they were like super connected. You know, they kind of retconned it. Does it contradict anything that they've previously said? No, it doesn't matter. It's not like they've ever mentioned, oh, we met at middle school and they grew in that. Okay. No, it's no, it doesn't it doesn't contradict it, but you can tell that they changed direction, you know, as they went through. Um and like there's the part where he Corey says, "Well, Eric told me I can't remember girls have cooties or whatever it is." So he mm-hmm. didn't speak. To, he didn't speak to her for seven years. Like that was kind of like retconning that part as to why we they weren't super connected when we okay. first met the characters yeah. and with the parents as well. Like we obviously have that episode, and Amy says, "Oh, I've known you. You played together like when you were babies or whatever, and I've known her a whole life." And you sort of think, "I've not noticed that." And, like, she hugs her, doesn't she? Like, she loves her like she's one of her own. And I fi- I sort of thought, this is new. Like, we've not really had... Obviously, she's there often and you get on well with her, like you do Sean. But well, I, we've never really had a hint that you knew her parents, even. Yeah. Like, well, they clearly must have. So I could tell that was kind of a new... And I, I guess it's added in, like you say, there'll be future things, like callbacks to that time, perhaps. Yeah, it's kind of setting the mark now of of where to go forward. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what 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 about um what, oh, one of the best episodes is when Sean has the girlfriend so they can't be together and so oh. in the they library. Do, yeah, and they do that thing that um They've done it in Friends with, like, Joey and Chandler and stuff. And the way they talk together, it's like they're the couple. Yeah, exactly. Oh, when do we get... You know, and it's supposed to play out like that. But the bit with... Just just the bit where she's looking for him behind the library books and they're moving them in perfect time. Like, it's little... And I'm not usually a fan of, like, movement comedy stuff, like slapsticky, but that was funny. Like, the little moving around and the... I mean, his girlfriend is... No, but... He hasn't got a Topanga. She's no Topanga, is she? Well, that's it. Sean's kind of always looking for his Topanga. Yeah. Which is sad. But that that's a classic episode. That was a really funny one. But uh, lots of people's Topangas come later. In, like, not many people have a Topanga from AJ Mums, do they? That's not... <laughs> right. That's not well, not... Well, that's a great point, actually, because like what you were saying, when you have like these teenage relationships, they don't, you don't have those real conversations. And I, so I think in my lifetime, I've only had, I only had two girlfriends before I met Ephany. I did meet Ephany at 22 and they were both, one was, you know, short lived Roxanne at 15 and the other one, you know, was this Cornish, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and that was it. And but I consider Ethne to be my first real relationship because yeah. it was a real relationship and real conversations and talking about ethics and morals and religion and all these things that you know, learning and evolving as people. And uh, so, yeah, Corey is very lucky that he has that from such an early age and with someone that is so awesome she is like the perfect person yeah and she's a she's a really cool girlfriend without being a passive i can walk all over you i'm letting you get away with too much girlfriend like it's yeah what i noticed like watching i don't know why it hasn't occurred to me in previous seasons is that Corey and topanga are what dawson and joey hoped they would be yes like for whatever reason, it just didn't work the same for Dawson and Joey. Like, and I guess Corey and Topanga could have gone the same way, couldn't they? Like, we always thought we'd be together. We got together. It wasn't what we... Because they did go their separate ways. Like, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. We went our separate ways, and now we're always going to struggle to come back together. So I'm glad that that hasn't happened. Yeah. You'd be disappointed. Yeah. And obviously, she's not moved away, and she's back. And... What did you make of this episode? Probably wouldn't happen these days, um, but I think the intention of the writing was good. It was meant to be Sean experiencing, you know, uh, um, experiencing what it's like to be hit on so heavily by a woman, but Sean dresses up as a woman. What did you make yes. of that episode? Um, I can't, I don't know, I, it might be a little bit problematic, I guess, but the the points it's trying to make, or that it does make, are very valid and very important, and I'm glad that they were touched upon. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've noticed, and I've not, I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but there's a lot of, um, th- there's a lot of that really subtle, this isn't really a huge problem kind of homophobia. And it's from jokes that are things like, oh, we, we stood a little bit too close together or oh, we hugged for a little bit too long or oh, we, oh, the worst thing in the world would be if I was hanging out, like, hanging out with this guy or kiss this guy. Like, and, that's, and that's really common in TV shows of the time. Like, that was just, it was perfectly acceptable to make jokes about, oh, my God, I touched, a, held a guy's hand. Like, oh, ugh, the worst thing in the world would be if I was gay. Like, mm-hmm. um, but the, the points... But while they are like, oh, we have this fun idea, let's dress as women, and then they're a little bit, oh, I'm not, sure. this is weird because we're dressed as women, which I think is probably normal. If you're not, if, if you if you do feel very masculine and you're not, you don't want to wear feminine clothes, like, that's cool. Um, Sean is an absolute babe, first of all. <laughs> they dress Corey, don't they? Corey earlier in the series says that he's a potato, you know, and he's holding up the Mr. Potato Head. And he is a bit of a potato, I love him. I like. I think he's beautiful, but he is a spud. Sean, however, <laughs> has got the cheekbones and the pout, much more traditionally feminine-looking face, um, by Western beauty standards, anyway. So he pulls it off. He's got lovely legs in them tights, but <laughs> the message that comes across when he goes out on the date with who is actually Eric from Dawson's Creek. Yes. That Jack has a thing with. And he's a bit of a dick in that as well. Um, is that women are commonly sexually assaulted and hassled when they don't want to be. 
Yeah. And that's really normal. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully less so now for kids dating because consent, like my nephew's done PSHE sessions about consent at school. That consent, that wasn't even a thing that was ever met. I mean, I've talked about consent with young people, but no part of school education would mention consent. It would be, this is the biology of sex. And then that was it, wasn't it? Like it was no... Even um, that wasn't explained very well. No, that was very much a sperm meets the egg, penis in vagina. And that was the whole story, wasn't it? Like, honestly, trying to talk about that <laughs> with my kid and make it not. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, and then they cover the mansplaining as well, don't they? Like where he's trying to teach Sean how to play the foosball. And Sean's yes. like, I know what I'm doing, but he still's trying to teach him anyway. I think yeah. this is our lives. This is our lives playing out. And then Sean gets it. And he thinks, he even sort of confesses to himself that maybe he might have been a little bit like that on dates and that mm-hmm. he needs to adjust the way he does it. I mean, not, let's call him Eric, the guy, because I can't remember what his name was, but Eric from Orson's great. Um, not to that extreme, but he realises he needs to tweak some of his dating behaviour and the way he treats women. And I hope yeah. that other young men watching that thought the same for sure for sure i think yeah you put that perfectly it's you could it could be seen as problematic by today's standards but the intention and the message was good and i think also yeah you're right as well with 90s uh tv and early 2000s even i'm sure and before was homophobic definitely and that's sad and that's some of the datedness that you get. I mean, I I watched the pilot of Home Improvement today because I had no Boy Meets World to watch in the afternoon. Have you seen Home Improvement? No. Is that is it Tim Allen? Oh gosh. Yeah, that- I used to love that as a kid as well, but I don't yeah, think I think that's quite problematic maybe. Mm. These days I think it's seen as problematic as very chauvinistic. I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but I watched the there was well, and there were points there were a lot of gay jokes in that in the pilot like and uh, the the reason why i thought it was interested it was interesting i wanted to see it is because they were on the the studio stage next door to boy meets world so they were filming at exact same time so i wanted to see what the feel was like anyway whole separate point and then yes consent is obviously so important um and this is going to sound this might sound stupid or naive maybe but i don't think i fully understood how much of a issue consent was until i was much older in terms of well if someone said no then it's no like as in i couldn't couldn't imagine someone not listening or not taking in the signals or there are obvious signals as well if someone just is closing up or like shutting down or not you know reciprocating even if you're like you know holding hands or something it's very obvious if someone doesn't want you in their personal space so I don't and how uncomfortable to want to try and be in someone's personal space that doesn't want you there like I think it's just something that I I, I don't think I would for me it was not something that needed to be taught um like it feels obvious but then instinctive shouldn't it if you try to hold someone's hand and they recoil 
that perhaps they don't then want you to try and like slide your hand over their ass instead. Right. But in yes. reality, that's what happens. And it, it's like, it's very much all the girl kind of said like, oh, no, I, do, I don't want to have sex with you. Or, you know, oh, should we go upstairs? And she says no. And then there's a whole half an hour spent trying to talk her around. Like she said no, mate. And that that's so normal. That's so normal. Like, I, I, I don't know if it happens now. I've got one husband. Like, I don't, I'm not out. I'm not out and about seeing it happen. But I... <laughs> You know, and I don't, I don't see it in TV so much now unless it is an issue addressing consent. Like, that's the whole point is to teach this lesson. Um, but it's so normal for just, you know, people behind you in nightclubs just touching you with their penis and through their trousers. Like, that's it's really normal. Wow. Well, well when, when we used to... Um... I think we used to play about this in the last episode. When we used to go to what we used to call it Baby Batchwood or Baby Destinies, the under oh, yeah, 18 like at the club with Kanye. Right. With Kanye. Yeah, right. Well, we, my friend that was like super cool that had already been there loads of times, he taught us like the moves, like the dance moves and things, which was like, you know, you basically would dance near a girl and if yeah. she danced with you, then you know this is indicating that you can then if she turns around you know then you're in business you know you might you might get a kiss out of this that might even lead to a phone number if she's not dancing with you and you know it walks away from you or is not not dancing with you then that is a no then you you, she's not interested in you like there's another one right there work your way through exactly um, it was in them yes, days but, but even, yeah but even that now is a li- oh, i know he said or move on or whatever but it's still even a little problematic to just come no, up and close to someone dancing against them it's true you know yeah I mean? I mean i mean then, it's not something then, so how do you get started do you actually should like is it a tap on the shoulder may i rub myself against you just to see <laughs> if you're feeling it well, I get, and I guess at that point, I mean, we were like fifteen, but I guess that's how old they're supposed to be in Boy yeah. Meets World right now. Um, but you know, there there was nothing in the trousers to be rubbing, you know. But the, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it is, yeah, it is, it is problematic, and it's not, it's, uh, it's not like it's the other way round that you suddenly would have a girl just, like, thrusting <laughs> behind on you. No. I wish. You'd have wished at that point. Ever, I don't think I've ever done that. I mean, I don't... I I would not have had the confidence to do it anyway, but I don't think I've ever been like, oh, just sort of back into this person over here. Like, we're just... But... I, I, I will tell... Well... God, I mean, this might be way too much information, but I, one, I remember <laughs> once. Oh God, I remember once being on a dance floor. This is probably maybe maybe it was over eighteen. I might have been eighteen, or might have been under. It might I might have been like sixteen. Maybe I was like sixteen. I feels like maybe I was like sixteen. So maybe under eighteens, and walking through the dance floor. Oh God, this is. <laughs> And a girl just grabbed my wrist, grabbed my wrist, and just thrusted into her nether regions <laughs> in the middle of the dance floor. 
and I didn't know what I was doing. It was my first time being near that area. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't, I was unconfident. So she then was like rearranging things. That's the best way yeah. to learn, though, isn't it? Like, just guide me through this shit. I don't know what I'm doing. Guide me through. But but I the, mean, I was just walking point, through, though. Yeah. Could we have taken this round the back? At least Roxanne used to take you outside. <laughs> God. But I guess I what, what I'm saying do. is that was a bit... Like, that was through, like, to, the, to wash your hands? I don't... Like, I was just walking... I was walking through, like, as in it wasn't like I was there... And I just got my hand grabbed and put some. So I'm, I guess I'm saying there can be some circumstances. Maybe, maybe I didn't want my hand there. I mean, no. I mean, I've probably danced close to people and thought, "Will you please notice me?" I've put this is the shortest skirt I have. We <laughs> and my fishnets and my boots because I wasn't. I was a little bit thought I was edgy. Like, like, will you notice me? Oh, it didn't happen. But I wouldn't have gone as far as that. Because that is no, that's pretty far. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It was ticking things off a well, list for yeah, me at you that point. You obviously were like, it worked out okay, and you were into it for a minute. But like, technically, I just, I guess, I wonder how many other hands had been had been there at this point, like on that same <laughs> evening, dusting for prints. Maybe like she's I, got a name. For, She's got a, like the club know who she is. Oh my god, she's back! <laughs> the gloves back. Friday night fingering. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> she's gone. I wonder who she is now. Like you might, <laughs> you might have been one of the women in pound stretcher, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> it all came back. It was all a plan. Uh, oh 20 God. years later he'll throw oh. out children from the back of pound stretcher <laughs> oh dear oh. but yes no I'm you're so right you Look, shared that beautiful moment with us i don't know if that has gone too far that might be the the most far the furthest we've gone on this podcast it's easy ever. to forget that this is a broadcasting product like this is going to be broadcast <laughs> we're recording a production here we're not just Hanging out at the pub, talking about times we got fingered at parties. Like that's not. That's not it's what twen- this is. It's twenty Why past one in the morning. People again, Simon, and they like Google me in this comes up. <laughs> I've not said anything. I wouldn't tell them in an education context. Uh, do we need to cut that out? Did it well, go too far? It's your story. It's your story. Do you want people to know that? Maybe run it by Ethany. Does she want her husband to have? that story out there she knows all the stories she's heard she them all the stories but does she want the two woman two doors down to know the story that's the question uh, if they're listening to the podcast then we're doing all right i'm that's more true. how what are the viewing figures i don't know that we've got to worry that this is not going to make the metro or like <laughs> maybe i'll tweet it later i think but these these are all things <laughs> don't tweet it the... <laughs> this girl you put what difference did it make? <laughs> oh God! These are the kind of things, but these are the, the the fragilities of the human experience, aren't they? This is what we all happens growing up. Is these? This is a podcast about boy meets world. You were a boy mm-hmm. meeting the world, right? That's but it's also it so every story the shit the shit in the glass, 
Cornish runaway girlfriend, <laughs> your first fingering on the sticky floor of an under 18s night. All boy meeting world experiences. Right, but I wouldn't even call it that. It was more like probably like poking and inflicting pain because unsure what you're doing. And and also that was the point is <laughs> like right in theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's poking her in the reefer probably but the was oh, it's, oh <laughs> it's probably to get herself <laughs> well, you're taking but, a swab <laughs> but in in theory in these days you're thinking oh this is going to be this, these wonderful experiences but they're not. When these things are happening, you're sweating and nervous. And what am I doing? Yeah. I don't understand what's happening. And yes. I, I, this isn't, they didn't explain this in school or in PHSE no. or what didn't exist. You know, no. the constant, am I doing this right? Are people going to know about this on Monday? Be talking about it. <laughs> yeah. it, it happens. <laughs> but I wonder if she's on a podcast right now retelling this story. I you bet know? you any money your Cornish girlfriend is. I bet she's told anyone who listen about the guy that she told her. He told me he loved me. I moved across the country for that guy. And when I I'd worked on like a dog all day. And when he picked me up, he just said, throwing my things in the car and was driving me home. I had no choice. I felt like I was kidnapped. <laughs> There's a podcast about that. Probably a true crime. There's an e-fit. They're looking for you. <laughs> The internet sleuths. Oh my god, it's going to be a Netflix documentary. <laughs> he said he was going to college, but he was smoking weed all day, listening you're to G-Unit. Ev- you're giving her more evidence to put on this Netflix documentary now, and they're going to include <sighs> your previous bad story. Like, look, he was clearly a troubled guy. <laughs> you don't understand how nervous I get. You. I get nervous sometimes being like, I hope this doesn't affect my career. Like, I don't, but I get like that. I think, oh my God, I do it all the time. Like obviously I talk quite openly on Instagram and I sometimes think like, would this come up in a search? Like if I was looking for a job interview, would, would imagine I'm working with kids and one of them says to me, I heard you tell you embarrassing high school stories on a podcast. I can't. Yeah, you laughed at that teacher. He laughed at the teacher. He was just running. They'd high five me for that. <laughs> you, just, you just have to think that it's everyone has these stories, but not yeah. everybody shares them. But the point yeah. of sharing them is to one, when you laugh at them, they're no longer, they can't cause you any pain. Once you can laugh through something with a friend, which is what we're doing, it's you're, you're over it. Not that I always had trauma about this, but and at the same time, if someone else hears it and finds it funny or can relate it to their own situations, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, when you're a kid, you're not, your friends and you don't talk about these things amongst yourselves, like the really cringy bits. You would, I have, am. Said, you would have said to your guy friends, I don't think I fingered her quite right. What should I be doing instead? That wouldn't have been a conversation. I wouldn't have said to my friends, oh my God, he's told everyone what happened at the weekend. There's a fucking funny joke nicknames to go along with it now as well that will get written about in the yearbook <laughs> no i wasn't saying to my friends i'm embarrassed i'd pretend you just pretend you're all right with it all yeah you? or you just so who's a new grown-up was saying to me there might be a situation in a nightclub a guy's gonna grind on you and you'll feel his boner 
what should you do about it? No one said that to me. That is an important lesson for school. Yes. The kids have got to know somehow that you don't have to put up with random men stroking your ass in a nightclub. That's called, <laughs> that's, called that's a sexual offence. Yeah. It wasn't I... called that either, was it? Like, it was just, that's what happens. Yeah, so, that was it. And then at the end of the night, they'll put House of Pain, jump around on, everyone will <laughs> jump for a bit and you'll leave. Like it's yeah. the... Or if it's a real proper under-18s at the football club, Robbie Williams Angels and you'll be the only anyone to dance with so you'll just go outside and have a cigarette <laughs> pretend you were heading that way anyway yeah. can you all finish slow dancing with the people you've paired off with so we can go and get a burger please yeah 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 that's completely right and you you don't I don't think I've told anybody that. I think the only pe- people that know that story is Ephany and you and anyone that's decided to listen to this. And maybe so- maybe a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, uh, but, 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 you know, also, I don't think I talked to anyone about anything at that age. Like, I no. was thinking this the other day, like, this, the car accident that was very serious, so not funny at all. I didn't tell anyone about that. Like, as in, people knew, but, like, when I went to university and things and made friends that had no idea of my history or anything, that I never spoke a word of it or right. anything that was emotional or deep or anything like that. And and uh, so the fact that... Here's my segue. The fact that Corey and Topanga and they, nice they can... They can have those deeper conversations. It's yeah. lovely to see. I just... I wish that I would have been like that when I was younger, but at the same time, we're like that now. So as long as you yeah, get there in the end. That's you know. true. Yeah, I really could have done with people to talk to. And I, I did yes. have I did have friends and we did I had one friend that kind of knew like that I'd had some issues growing up. I was estranged from my dad at the time. Like so she kind of knew knew about that stuff. But not like to the extent of how depressed I was and things like I would just, and I wouldn't talk to anybody about it. And so I think even if Corey and Topanga aren't a couple, the fact that they've all shown even that they can talk about that stuff together is perhaps slightly unrealistic, but it wouldn't it be great if all kids actually had that. And I hope that I hope that for my kid. Yeah. Someone that she can just be really, just be herself and be really honest with. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't think, I don't know if you can ever, because you don't know who you are anyway. So I don't know if you can ever be really honest with people until you get to an adult and you've got no fucks left to give. I don't care if people find me embarrassing anymore. It's too much effort to try and be cool, isn't it? You get yeah. to see you're like, who, I don't give a shit about being cool anymore. And I went the other way and was like, fine, I'll be an emo then. Like, <laughs> I can't fit in, so I'm going to really stand out. Nice. And I've just continued that my whole life. And then you just you just become more authentically you, don't you? And you do find people that you've just like I've got a very select few people that I'm completely myself with. And mm. now also the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I fully agree. And I've I've said this to Ephany a lot, but I think that you well, for me anyway, but I think for most people, you truly get 
a sense of who you are and fully comfortable by the time you're about 30 I think it takes your 20s to still you still work in you kind of know who you are you know who you are at the core yeah. you may have like your moral compass is is pretty much aligned it may go yeah. off every now and again but you're pretty solid but you haven't figured out everything like you still might have some friends that you need to lose and better friends to, to make work and... through. you've got like your childhood stuff and your teenage stuff to work through haven't you and yes sort of becoming a grown-up you're almost you're at the chrysalis stage like you were a really screwed up little caterpillar you went into your chrysalis and now you're just a bag of mulch like yeah. trying to work out how to emerge from this as some sort of functional adult some of us yeah. do better than others i'm at the lower end of that scale but you do emerge and you feel more like you and at least you can be your little butterfly or moth and probably more moth self with people around you you know like your select few you've cut away the shit that you didn't need yeah like you can go to a restaurant and you know what drink you want you know what you want to order you don't need to mess around if someone says they're ordering a jaeger bomb you say no thank you i'll take a coke and a white wine please and <laughs> um, yes i want both i don't care if that's conflicting i'm gonna have the coke first to settle my stomach because you know it's like i know what i want i would never be with anyone I mean, firstly you're ordering jaeger bombs we're not friends because yeah i don't yeah i was gonna say i don't hang out with anyone that have a jaeger bomb a gin perhaps maybe even a vodka mostly cider probably i live do live in somerset um yeah. but not I don't know that I associate with anyone that drinks a Jaeger. <laughs> it's not a very if refined drink, is this? If you're listening and you do, just see yourself out. We've got nothing in common. I don't even go out. So where will I go? Where I can, I can't, I'm not making a Jaeger bomb at home. Where am I going? I'm going out for like a lunch or a dinner. I'm not going to have a Jaeger bomb with my chicken and bacon and avocado salad. Am I... <laughs> Doesn't I think the, cl- the closest thing we might get to a Jaeger bomb is I could maybe imagine Chuck maybe throwing a Jaeger bomb down on a watch along maybe one oh. week. I could see that happening. And do you know what? I'd probably join him because I really like Chuck. <laughs> I wouldn't Chuck. Not, not peer pressured, but in a like, fuck it, Chuck suggested it. Why not? Let's do it for <laughs> Chuck. You know, I do King a shot. The Discord. For, like, for the right person, I'd do a shot. Yeah, for, for Chuck. For Chuck, we'd Chuck one back. Yeah. Um, Good. So Corey and Topanga and uh, Sean a little bit, um, just more evolved, emotionally yeah. literate, more than they probably should be for the age they're at. But it makes lovely in the same way that Dawson and Joey, like the language they use and their is similar, isn't it? Like in TV, we need a little bit more. I don't know. They're just not. If it, if it so was might... a TV show about real teenagers, no one would be talking. It would just be a few grunts and, like you say, a little finger here and there. Like it's. <laughs> It's not TV for everyone, is it? It's not good TV. It's a heightened sense sense of reality, yeah, for sure. um, What about the cult? We've got to talk about the cult. (gasps) I mean, it was basically like a Scientology kind of situation, which, you know how he was constantly using Sean's name? Like That's kind of like a known... um, What's the word? Yeah, tactic to like constantly know everyone, shake every hand in the room, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I loved when Alan pushed him up against the wall, like, hey, fuck you, buddy. Like, this is real. But at the same time, Mr. Turner, 
bad accident. Oh, right. Hold on. Let's cover the cult. Let's do the cult first, then, because I feel like Mr. Turner needs a, needs a separate moment. Um, R.A.P. the mullet. Um, <laughs> yes. Sean. First of all, he has the gangster thing, doesn't he? And then it's the cult thing, and they're very much the same issue and the issue is that he's vulnerable and a prime target for these groups like the count like the county lines drug thing we have here don't we and like the big drug dealers recruit teenagers to move drugs around because they're not going to get caught they're just out on the moped or they're out on their push bike and they're doing all the work so that you can sit at home and they pick off the teenagers that are vulnerable, that don't feel like they've got anywhere to belong. They make them feel important. They give them a bit of money. They make them feel special, like they've got a place, you're my buddy. Like the cult made him feel like, oh, you've got a family. You've got a family. And while, like, he's got his mum and his dad back, them abandoning him will have... Sean will suffer from the ripples of that for his entire lifetime. They may have only been gone a year, but that's... They've absolutely decimated any feeling that he had of I'm safe and I'm secure and I belong. And I've, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he's got a place, does he? He feels untethered a lot of the time. He's never completely secure. So these groups offer him that. They offer mm-hmm. him money. He feels important. He's got something to do. You belong here. You're one of us. Look how much we care about you. So he's like the prime target for those groups. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly said. And the center i liked it oh god and they make they make it funny like it's funny because it's this we have the stereotypical gangster italian mobster drinking lots of cappuccino i've not seen like the godfather but i'm guessing it's that sort of setup and then the cult Mm -hmm. is very gently spoken and look at this i'm calm all the time and i'm so Mm -hmm. centered. and we're sort of talking about the universe not quite god um this we're all beings together like how wonderful where are the police they're well, children feeney tried to have them shut down yeah so, if mr feeney can't do it then we are they're fucked because aren't they because mr feeney's like the the rule like he upholds the law he's the judge he's everything mr feeney so if he can't get it shut down there's no hope Probably like like Scientology. I don't mean I don't know much about Scientology because no one talks about it today. That's the thing. But it's I find cults fascinating. Mm, Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's interesting they did it. You know, then I mean, it's still Mm -hmm. applicable now, like with with Scientology. Do you want to hear a real life Mister Feeney story that happened this week? Like, as in with the actor Bill Daniels? Yes. So. This they on Podmeets World they reposted um, a tweet that he had done, but on Instagram so I don't have Twitter, so it was a tweet from him. And remember, he's like ninety four years old. He was he goes on Comic Cons. That's okay. It's a good story. I know, um, but I, we need to we need to hurry up and watch all this because if he dies before I can appreciate it and get to a Comic Con or something. Okay. <laughs> Well, fingers crossed. I mean, he he was on their podcast and he sounds great. He's looking good. Love Mr. Feeney. Did you know Mr. Feeney as well? Bill Daniels, he's the voice of the car in Knight Rider. Just to throw that out there. No, I don't know. I haven't seen enough. I mean, I can can picture, I can sort of hear the voice. 
He's Michael. Yeah. Hello, Michael. But I didn't watch you enough. But that's cool. That if you have the only acting gig you ever had, you'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? I was right. the voice player, so. Well, so he was catching a flight, and it must have been domestic because you know if you get a flight from one state to another state in America, you don't need to have a passport, but you need to have a driver's license or yeah. ID or whatever. Mm-hmm gets to the plane doesn't have his he's lost or forgotten his um id so he's gonna miss the flight but the you know attendant was like you mr feeney you don't need id we know who you are and they let him on the flight and he tweeted basically saying mr feeney's still making a difference in my life you know (laughs) i love that i mean not from a like uh flying security purposes i mean it's 94 like taking off your shoes and you know but you're right i went like i imagine a lot of celebrities that happens probably all the time they don't even look do they they're just off you go but i mean he there's also there's all of these stories that they get in again i just need to make it clear pod meets world is the best people need to listen to it tessa you need to get into it when you can but they they've had like q a sessions with people are emailing in and they're asking for people for their like inspiring feeny moments and there's a lot of teachers that got into teaching because of mr feeny to be a mr feeny to other people so it's really sweet i love that i love i mean They'll be trying to do that in a system, like sw- like a salmon sh- swimming upstream, trying to achieve that. But I love that. I love that. I love that. Like a character. Oh, like what could I have ended up as if I'd been inspired by ca- the characters in the TV shows I watch? Like, could I have been a teenage witch? Potentially <laughs> not. I could have tried. I mean, I probably could have tried. That'd be um, interesting. But yeah, I love that. That's lovely. And to be able to know that, like the acting role that you're most known for while you might be it's not necessarily the most highbrow thing you did and it's not the thing you got the tony award for and it's not but it's the thing that really made a difference so you love it anyway like it's like almost like a silly little show for kids yeah you know yeah because it's like it's the perfect family show because you know we're watching it now and we're in our mid-30s and i know it's nostalgic for me and nostalgic for you and not that you've seen it before but nostalgic of the 90s yeah but like it's i'm not to speak for you but it's entertaining like it's not yeah. like it's a chore to watch like they go go through so quickly and i was like annoyed that i couldn't watch season five today you know that i've got to wait till tomorrow yeah i I laughed a lot this season, actually, like out loud. And I don't do that a lot of telly. I internally, I'm like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen, but my face is completely deadpan. <laughs> like inside, I'm like, this is, I actually laugh out loud because it is, it is, and a lot of it's really simple comedy. Like it's not, they're not doing anything revolutionary with it. They're just doing it really well. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, I guess two things here. Mr. Turner and his lack of screen time. And oh. and then Where's Eli's gone. gone. He's, got, yeah, yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. Not even a goodbye. Not even in the first episode, like, oh, I'm going back to TV or I'm the Not new even in, No like, explanation. And the mullet goes. Mr. Turner's mullet. Yeah. Get into like that 
mid-90s. He's a little bit at the beginning, isn't he? Like a, and then he's completely gone for the majority of the thing. And then he comes back at the end just in time to crash his motorbike and cut his mullet off. <laughs> well, I think they've given his screen time back to Feeney. Yes. And I think maybe it's like, well, we need more Feeney. And I think that works because, and especially the Feeney and Eric stuff. But it's sad that he was kind of pushed to the side because he was a good character. And I think bringing back uh, Sean's parents obviously means there's there's less room for him. And then, yeah, horrible, horrible bike accident. Do you have any predictions for Mr. Turner and any of the other characters for next season? Like, do you think... Um, what do you I, think? When, they, when they rang, was it Alan that said, oh, there's been an accident? Yeah. Yeah. And they said, oh, is it, you know, and he said, oh, it's not good. I thought he was going to say, oh, he's died. Like, I actually thought, because he hadn't been in so much of the season that I thought maybe maybe he wants out. Like, maybe he's got another job and they need to wrap him up somehow so they're going to kill him off. And, I mean, I guess they still could, but that would completely ruin Sean's, he sort of squeezed my hand, I've got faith he'll be all right moment. And I feel like you can't ruin that for him now, surely. But... I wonder if maybe they are doing away with Turner and it will be a, um, I've recovered from my bike accident, but it's given me a new perspective and I'm off to see the world or some shit, you know, like that. Cause I feel, and it's funny cause when Mr. Turner arrived, I was sad that there was less Feeney cause we had to have Mr. Turner instead. But by the end you're like, Oh, actually Mr. Turner's brilliant. It's okay. I've come to terms with this. And then it's gone back the other way. Mm-hmm. If you had to choose, I mean, are you, I'm guessing you're choosing Feeney over Turner. Yeah, it's nice to have Turner there, like you said, but Feeney is Feeney is Mr. Feeney. And, and yeah. speaking of which, do you finally understanding what has been known as the Feeney call, where Eric just shouts Mr. Feeney from yes. the fence? That's, that's how I'm signing off at the end of this, because that's hilarious. Because it's a proper exasperated, high pitch, like, fucking hell, you come here right now, like, isn't it? And he does it, oh, I'm just thinking about Eric now, like, I love him. It's actually <laughs> love. When he thinks he's going to be a detective and he comes up with his own theme tune. <laughs> I don't watch yeah. that show. It's the good looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what you do, in it? Like, you're just pathetic as, as a teenager. You just kind of sit there in your dressing gown, like, eating cereal out of the packet and just not doing anything and like you and your friends come up with weird shit like that's what it's like anyway Turner I think might be on the way out we're not going to see Eli again he's long gone um predictions I liked that Alan got his own store moved away from the grocery thing he's done a dom and moved on um (laughs) so it's it's a good store as well yeah, and it's it's and we get to see him at work. Like that's yeah. what's kind of nice. I wonder if we'll see him at work less now that Eric doesn't work there. Like it might become just a dad's going back out to work situation. I wonder if maybe Sean and Corey will get jobs because they've made money doing schemes, haven't they? But they've not got employment. And like Eric was working at the store by now, so I'm like, you need to like. What, how how are you getting your money for Chubby's? Like you need to, maybe one of them will work there. And Chubby's confuses me. It looks like a bar. Kids hang out there, and teachers. It looks cool, doesn't it? They're they're talking about doing a pop up 
like a pop-up chubbies and obviously being like america but uh i would i would want to go to chubbies we should be recording a podcast episode in chubbies that'd be the dream that would be cool maybe we just can we just superimpose the backgrounds on our zoom and then publish that is that the same thing that's pretty much the 2022 version of that yeah yeah what we need to do is get our mate Ali, I don't know how good he is at animation or if it's just drawing, to superimpose us into those opening credits and we can be in the wing mirror. Oh my God, we haven't spoken about the opening credits. How have we not? How perfect are they? They're so good. And I haven't seen, I've stopped it before. My Disney Plus went funny and it wouldn't play on the next episode. I'd keep leaning forward and pressing like next episode. So I haven't seen anything for the next one, but it's going to go again, isn't it? It's going to be gone. I actually can't remember. So I'm excited. I'll remember when I see it. But yeah, I, I assume because we've had this is a different credits every season. But this one is special. The When he's running down the stairs, out the front door to the fake superimposed oh, background the with the convertible the sky that bright brilliant t- turn the saturation down it looks like it people on instagram and they try and they go too far with the edits the sky doesn't look like that um, it's also so dangerous like you're sat up high in a moving car you know that's... yes and the mirrors aren't even usable because they're just pictures of your friends and family <laughs> yeah. so dangerous eric's not paying attention to the road he's picturing morgan dreaming of yeah. his sister um it's a really it's so the first time i saw it i was like what the fuck is this like because it's just so it's awful isn't it like it's not but then you love it and the tune mm-hmm. i can't picture it on my mind now but i there's mr feeney in the mirror yeah it's it's the most cliche 90s intro ever like you can't so far like the last one was quite cool like just the moving images of the lads and the different colors like that was a cool quite grown up and i feel like this has gone back to like this is silly silliness but in the best way the best kind of silly yeah i can remember like the last season's opening credits i can't remember this the next one but I mean, well, what do you think's going to happen then? So Eric's got into college. So is that it? We're not going to see him anymore. We don't know where his college is, do we? Is it fictional? I can't, obviously, I can't Google it anyway. So it's I don't Pen- know if it's... It's Pembroke. I don't know if it's real or not. And the I'll admissions officer from the university is the mum in Twins. Right. Okay. Well, it's funny that you say that because... She's, the, she's like the artist's mum at the end and they find her and they're like, oh, my son's her. It took me ages to think of it. I actually, my notes where I write them down as I go along, hoping that it will come to me, were just the Pembroke admissions officer is a mother in something, a movie, adoption, finally meets kid, and then in capital letters twins. Where I got it. That was my <laughs> thought process as I went along. Where I was like, I must get this. She, is she quite well, famous? She's quite famous. Is she also in real life? is married to Mr. Feeney. <gasps> and they've been together for like 70 years. Oh my God, I love a pairing like that. It's almost as good as if Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were married. <laughs> yeah, oh and I've just... And Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, like these people were... That, that's really cute. 
Well, well and I like getting hooked up with a little Boy Meets World cameo because you're going out with Mr. Feeney. <laughs> well, she was on their podcast with him. They went on the podcast together and they talked oh. about how they met and everything. They met doing theatre together when they were like really young and they've been together for like, yeah, like 70 years. Um, now they're so, yeah, just really... together in the 90s, just together. Doing oh. Comic Cons. But they on Instagram. Pe- <laughs> <laughs> He's on Twitter. I think he's on Instagram, yeah. I feel like I want to know everything about his life. He's got a book. <gasps> I hope he's done an audio version. I'd oh love my to hear God. him read Can you imagine it. Mr. Feeney just reading you to sleep? You could just pretend it was like your granddad. Just, oh my God, adopt me, Mr. Yeah. Feeney. <laughs> well, you Pembroke, just... it's, I've only just done a quick Google, but I think it's... Uh, fictitious okay so i think it's going to be fictitious and nearby okay so i think maybe he'll maybe he will live out of the house but come back on weekends quite a bit no because that's not enough eric how would they make that work well because he kind of has his own storylines at this point yeah i know that's like it's he's one of the main three isn't he like if so I can't. I don't know. I hope he's not going to fail at it. I think. I think he'll be going to university. What if there's a time jump? It could just jump ahead, and they're all just adults. I don't know. Do I? I've seen could. Um, Eric will be around, but I think university. He'll have struggles. I'd like to see him get a girlfriend, perhaps. Do Do you think Eric's getting so much screen time because of how good the actor is? Like, do you think that if he hadn't been as likable? And as comedic, that they might have, he might not have been getting so much time. Yeah, I think, yeah, he would be gone by now. I don't know that they ever pictured that he'd be a main character. I think they probably thought we got a couple of years of Eric. Here we go off to university. We might have a bit more Morgan, and then that didn't really pan out quite how they thought. And so it would just be Corey and Sean and Topanga and their little buddies. I wish they kept Minkus, but you can't have it all. But then Eric obviously was brilliant. And him and Feeney by then had got like a good rapport going. So they were like, we need to start writing this to keep him going. Yeah. So they can't get rid of him now. He'll be around. I like to think maybe he'll get a girlfriend. I think he'll find college tough. Like if he found high school tough, then like the academic side of it anyway. But he'll have Feeney to guide him, hopefully. Excellent. I'd like Mr. Feeney to get himself a woman. We have a hint if he has a woman that he meets up with four times a year, doesn't he, for just dinner and dancing and who knows what else. Fingering, probably. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. I knew. It's a brilliant word, is it not? Because it's just that... awful. Like The, the picture, it, it's like the word moist. I'm sure oh, they're in, really enjoying it. Do well, I don't know. Um, let's hope he knows what he's doing. He's not just poking around. I hope around. he does by now. You know, he had a wife. I hope she wasn't completely unsatisfied that entire time. God love her. Rest in peace. Mr. So, Feeney is a thorough man. I don't yeah. believe he's leaving any stone yeah. unturned. He would have read books about it if he had to, you know? <laughs> he's written books about it. Oh, my God. that'd be That's what his book's about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Feeney and finger, fingering with Mr. Feeney. Anyway. There you go. There you go. I'd like maybe to see him get a companion. Yeah. Um, Sean, I worried. I think I don't know how dark it's going to get. Like we've touched on some 
like quite dark things, but he's he's still quite solid. He hasn't fallen apart as a person so much this season. Do you know a moment I did like with him? They tricked him into going into the extra prep for the SATs with the cake. That and, was funny. Uh, and then, but then when they went and they said thank you to Mr. Feeney afterwards, after yeah. they took the exam, that was a really sweet moment. And they pretended they were like a little bit cross, like it had gone terribly wrong. And Mr. Feeney was, yeah, that was excellent. And then obviously Eric comes with his college letter and Mr. Feeney's like in his fucking pajamas, like it's the middle of the night. And then he says like, put the coffee on, I'll be over. You know, that mm-hmm. I cried at that bit. That was brilliant. Um, predictions Corey and Topanga where are we going with this they've touched on whether they're ready or not to have sex haven't they that'll probably come up again next season because from my recollection of relationships it's just a thing isn't it it's just a thing it's an ongoing thing until you get it done like it's a thing well, Corey was trying this season wasn't he candles and everything yeah but in a like is it, that was a very guy way of doing it because he, he tried to do it and we're not going to have a conversation about it. I'm just going to light some candles. You're going to want to have sex with me. That'll work because that's what happens in the films. They light candles. And then when they're going away for the weekend, he just assumes we're going away for the weekend. We'll share a room. We'll have sex. We don't need to have a conversation about it. Whereas Topanga we- wants to talk it through, doesn't she? Right, yeah, like an adult, like an adult. Yeah. Did you have any fear that in? I think that was the last episode, wasn't it? Did you have, or maybe penultimate? Did you have any fear that he was gonna get off with the beach hussy at in the college dorm? No, I thought it might be like a um, is it Dana in the cupboard? Seven minutes in the cupboard, or whatever. Seven minutes in heaven. That's it. Yeah. I thought it might have been a she might kiss him situation again but that's um no i didn't no i didn't think he would waver i didn't and he didn't so that's no. good eric kind of saved him really though didn't he yes he because he did to start with he was like no one's gonna know like it's a, but then he brought it around her but you'll know and it's done yeah and, yeah. yeah well give me give me your rankings of the season now and does it make you, does it colour any of the other seasons differently? Like to look back at season one feels like a long time ago now. Season one almost feels like an entirely different show just because they were so little. We have more, we have Corey when he was a kid on his 16th yeah. birthday episode. And that's obviously that was, him. That was cute. The driving episode, he ended up in court. Oh my God. And that's a lot of the things that they do that are really quite significant things they don't get a huge amount of punishment for like they set fire to the school by accident and the punishment was doing a little bit of painting yeah true this is like a i mean i get it was 26 and 25 like you wouldn't even get you would that wouldn't be a thing over here would it but um yeah see the 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 um footage yeah of him as a kid and then yes. they've obviously dubbed over it with yeah alan on it yeah, i thought that was really well done that was a nice love, touch yeah and i love in shows when they use legitimate like actually them there's a bit in one tree hill isn't there where it's a photo of i think it's dan that's got the photos old photos of lucas and it's actually a picture of chad and his like high school football 
jersey or whatever and I, I love it when they use real things I get they don't all the time because you can keep your life previous life private if you want to but I loved that that was little video footage of him so yes yeah, season one seems a long time ago and almost a separate entity but if I include it I think seasons we've just watched season four haven't we seasons one and four are tied at the moment four because I really loved it and the show's come into its own and it's really strong and I it's at its best but season one for they were so cute and it was fun and it felt like a different show and I really loved that show then season three and then two at the bottom yeah is that similar is that similar to what you've got going on yeah I think on this watch that's how I feel about it um when I originally watched it I didn't see much of season one so I I was more yeah I came in probably in season two but yeah I think the same I think season four what we just watched feels like the show that I remember and it feels the most nostalgic but I also yeah really appreciated one and then yeah three was really good and then two was good as well but like we've said was so girl heavy the show is much better with Corey with Topanga for sure yeah and they obviously then have decided we're going to focus on the three lads and their lives as as a whole rather than just Corey and Sean as a sidekick trying to kiss girls and it makes a better show yeah it's boy it's like you said it's boys meets world yeah um the terrible two British girls. I hate it when oh. when there's British people in an American show like this, and then we're made to look like that. It's like that's not real. Like, Our like accents. as in, Our I accents. wish they would. Yeah, they always pick like the poshest sounding people that talk like the Queen. Do you yeah. know why? Because they're the ones wealthy enough to move to America to be in some TV shows. The rest <laughs> of us talk like we're talking now. I mean, you're quite. Your English is quite. It's not Queen's English, but yours is like you haven't really got an accent of you. No. Have I got an accent? Yes. Have I? Do I sound like someone? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not as bad. It could be worse. My accent. Yeah. So they're never just. You're not going to get a Somerset accent thrown up on an American show. Although saying that, I've just started watching Selling the OC on Netflix. Yeah. Spinoff, and there's like a. She's like Northern. I don't know. She's from like Leeds or Yorkshire or somewhere like that. I can't, but geography's terrible. But so that sound, that's really jarring because it's yeah. not even, it's not even like Hugh Grant English. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not the Colin Firth, uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah, yes. It's not the Mr. Darcy English that you're expecting. Um, yeah. So that was awful just because I don't like hearing our accent. It's a bit like yeah, it is jarring because it sounds even posher against an American backdrop, yeah. you know. But 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 to our international listeners, you must know that not even one percent of the country sounds like that. Most Only, people sound... and that one percent are all Boris Johnson's children. <laughs> yes, and most people sound like how how we sound though. When F and I went to look at a house the other day and the woman there was elderly woman and she asked me if i was american i was like no i think i think um use you probably use more american slang or terminology than 
the average Brit because your world is like you love American culture, don't you? And like TV mm-hmm. pop culture and TV. And so you surround yourself with that. So you're going to pick up like, you know, what you say for sure, don't you? A lot for sure. Like that's mm-hmm. not a, that's, that's quite an Americanized thing. And I started, yeah. I listen to your podcast. I've started doing it. My husband noticed hey. it. Why are you, like, ask you if you want a cup of tea and you go for sure. Like what? That's not a yes. It's like, yes. I've <laughs> got that from you. Um, Excellent. So I think maybe some of the things, yeah, maybe, but I wouldn't go as far as like thinking you were American. No, well, for sure. Well, I thought she was sure. gonna. Well, she. Sorry. That was <laughs> the, well, I thought she was. Um, she turned around to me and Ethne and was just like, "Um, do you have do you have an accent?" And I thought, "Oh, here we go, some racist, you know, bitch." Mm. Uh, thinking she was, you know, talking to Ethne, thinking that sh- that she wasn't um, British, and uh, no, she was talking to me. <laughs> I was like, "What? No!" I um, I was like, "Well, I worked in America for a bit, but like, you know, fifteen years ago." Were you also but... wearing like a Mighty Ducks hoodie and basketball shorts? <laughs> you were, weren't you? <laughs> no, I actually I dressed up because I wanted to be taken serious, but. <laughs> Are you going to buy the house? Trying to. (gasps) Trying to. It's a whole thing. Can you say where it is? It's round the corner. Oh, okay. After all of that. I just don't want you to move abroad. (laughs) After all of that. The chances of me ever meeting you for a Nando's reduce drastically if you move to, like, Italy, don't they? (laughs) I would love to have a Nando's with you, but it'd be great fun. You don't even meet. What do you eat at a Nando's? Just a corn on the cob. (laughs) Be- beanie wrap, extra hot, cheese and pineapple in there, peri chips on the side, corn on the cob, pitta to start. Fucking <laughs> And some garlic bread I'll if have that's not one looking. of everything without the chicken, thank you. <laughs> I've only had Nando's once, it's exceptionally overrated. It is. It's true. Just chicken with some sides, I don't get it. But Can anyway. I, would you... Alright, when we... When we meet for this Nando's, this happened with Magdalena. She was all, you know, not sure about Nando's. And I said, can I just order for you? Can you just have what I have and you won't, you know, regret it? I'd have what you'd have over chicken. Well, she had it and she loved it. You made that sound really good. But I wouldn't not go to, I wouldn't be like worried I'm not going to go to a Nando's. Like I've just, it is what, if you said we're going to meet at the chip shop on the corner, I would, okay, I'll eat chips. Do you know what I mean? I if I if we're going, well, can I say where it is? Where what is? Where you're moving where, to? No, where you are. Oh, where I am, yeah. If you're right, coming so to Chard. If we're going to Chard, then I need to go to the most Chard places. You know, oh. I need to go. What's quintessential Chard? I don't. It used to be the Choffs was the pub that we hung out in. Like when we were at Sixth Form, we used to love it. You could they didn't ID anybody. They used to give you a free drink on your 18th because they knew who you were and when your 18th birthday was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was like the place to hang out, but it's different owners now and it's not the it's not the same. Like it's not the same. Like they got rid of like the carpet and put laminate down. Like what? Oh, the you red know? carpet was it? Red yeah. carpet? It's always red. I'm sure it was red carpet. It's we always used to go, red we carpet. We watched all like I remember watching like was it the World Cup or the Euros in like 2004? Like oh my god, that was some of the best time so we could go there i guess and pretend the carpet's sticky and that we're chain smoking 
Um, <laughs> what else is quintessentially chart? There's actually quite a nice, like, family-run coffee shop. We could go there. But okay. there aren't any... I don't know what you're expecting. I, I don't got, know. You have a Domino's. You have a Domino's. Yes. That's quite recent, and that's it. We don't have Uber Eats. We don't have Deliveroo. We have... Domino's is one of the only things that delivers. Like, that's that's where we're at. The cost is very new as well. We do have oh, a pound yeah. stretcher, so we could pick up something from there. I can come and protect it if you like. And we could eat it in the car park out the back. It used to be where the townies hung out in this oh, yeah. that you had with the subwoofers in the back. Mm-hmm. I chose townie in that debate. Between townies and garibos... That's oh how my it God. used to be called here. Or oh, we didn't call them a Grebo here, but that's what I was, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to Linkin Park. Was I a Grebo? So was I, though. I had a, I had nine months. I kind of worked it out. I had nine months of trying it out. Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, a bit mm-hmm. of The Offspring, shit at skateboarding, gave it up, and then yeah, went, went into, got into garage music. Oh, garage. I mean, my garage goes as far as Craig David. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Bit of Bo Selector. Mm-hmm. Um, no, my husband was a townie, though. I don't think he hung up with the townies because he was also a stoner, but he had the, um, like, a green car. He'd, like, ch- sprayed the interior green. He had his, like, nickname ac- across the windshield. Yeah. <laughs> What box the shit out of that little green car? It's brilliant. That was a little one oh six. Your husband sounds like we meet that like we would have been friends. He's so oh my god, this is he never listened to this, but I I use his nickname so he can't be associated with this professionally, but he's really sensible now. He's gone completely the other way. Mm-hmm. So sensible and great. Yeah, it happens. Happens with age, right? Mm. I mean like I, me, I'm I <laughs> well, you, you might not believe it, but I'm really sensible in my job. Like, as in, yeah. like I have to, I have to be. Like, I can't do zooms of anyone at work here. Like, I can't what, do it. Is it the in... backdrop? Yeah. Like, I know wish you might I could. watch a bit of telly. Well, I still I do it with people that I'm comfortable with. Like people, my immediate people, because there's. Yeah. There's we have a team of people that of managers and then they manage everybody else. So when I'm with the managers, it's fine. But when it's with the other people that I don't speak to that regularly, you know, I, Do you I need to. On? No, I just don't speak to him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I just talk to him on the phone. I just wouldn't zoom with them. Okay. But yeah, you have to be. You have to be a bit sensible. So. Yeah, you do. Can't be in the 106 your whole life. Yeah, people need to trust that you're making really grown-up decisions and you're very responsible. I don't know if you look at your, like, lost... There's not anything really dodgy in the background, though. You can't tell... Who is that a photo of, though? The man. Here. That's Adam Sandler. Oh, is have I have that picture because I have a pair of his shoes, a shirt and a jacket, and the picture came with it. Um, So... I is it really... signed? I'm guessing it's signed. Is it like an autograph? Is it autographed? No. What the jacket? Like you could have cut it out of a magazine and put it on the wall. <laughs> no, he's wearing my shirt. Right. That okay. That makes sense. What shirt is it? And what film is it from? It's from Just Go With It, which is oh, not Jennifer. One of the best ones. No, but I just it was on eBay, and I was like, you know what? I'll take that. 
and I need say, to start looking for this stuff. Like I'm gonna, I did have a little look for. <laughs> they actually, I was looking at Dawson's Creek Creek water, and the they've <laughs> yeah. the seller sent me an offer. It's still more than I want to pay for a jar of water that they literally could have poured out of the tap and put Wait, a cork on top of. Were you there? You. Yeah, Wait, so were you... talk... yeah, it was on the watch along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were still, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I was getting confused as to whether it was a One Tree Hill one or not. Yeah. So Kara said she would send it to you. Yeah. So that's dope. Get some water. I trust that it's actually she will actually scoop you down and scoop out of the creek for me. I trust that. I don't trust eBay seller to have actually done that. No, Kara's good people, and you know maybe she could do a video of her doing it so you Kara, I mean it would got be some nice work to have to a video because I could say like this is my sample being collected but I trust that she would do that I don't trust yeah. people on eBay that are like there's someone selling one of Joey's skirts oh Joey actually wore this how yeah. how do I know that yeah well they're supposed to come with a COA which is a certificate of authenticity but it's really hard to but you can know. just who's gonna who signs off on that the seller who well, was you take them to court if you prove that Kate, no Katie Holmes DNA wasn't discovered on any of this fabric? <laughs> <laughs> well, this Adam Sandler one actually came with a COA from um, like Sony, I think. That's from, like, cool. Sony pictures, but it's difficult. Like these, we're going way off topic. With so up, you might have to cut a whole shit ton of this out because it's like three hours later. <laughs> 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 it's All just right. a podcast about us as teenagers and the weird things we like we did watch boy meets world and we quite liked it it just turned into us talking but that's oh nice that's what it's meant to be well yeah. okay so boy meets world season four done anything else to say to add don't think so i think i covered it all and more <laughs> if you had to pick who's your favorite character of at this point eric yeah, mine too. I think it's hard not to. He's just yeah. so good. So good. I wonder and if he... they. I wonder if they had a bit of like, oh, maybe we should have made this about Eric and not the, because obviously Corey was a big deal, wasn't he? Like they they built the show around him. Like his brother was famous. Whether they when they start, I mean, not that he's not. He's also brilliant. But whether it, if they'd known how good Eric was, whether maybe he would have been Corey. Yeah, and and. Yeah, true. And and I think there's something I don't want to take away, and this isn't a criticism. I wonder if it's maybe I'm not getting it right, but sometimes I think Corey, Ben Savage, is like he puts on like a voice. Like I can't tell if it's like a comedic voice. Like he sort of it goes a bit deeper when he's being funny, and then when he does serious scenes, it goes back into his regular voice. And I only noticed that in the last few episodes here of this season. I'm not sure if I am noticing that or actually maybe his voice is just changing because, you know, puberty. So keep an eye out or an ear I'm out. Gonna, yeah, I'll probably notice it all the time now and it'll irritate me. It'd be like when Peyton does a weird little... I'm hungry. We enjoyed it. Hope people listening enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, subscribe. I don't normally say that. Ravenshoops.net. What are we putting through? What do we want to put through the hoop Be- this time? Because if Sean joins a cult, then you could put him through a hoop. <laughs> but really, you got to get him in a net. Ravenshoops.net. Anything else to say? 
No, that's it. We can't keep talking. We can't make people listen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Feeny on free. Oh, hang on. Let me think how Eric does it. He just squeals it, doesn't he? Okay, go. I, I can't do that because I would wake up the house. But I will do a Feeny and you do your fit. Feeny as you will. Okay. One, two, three. Feeny! Feeny! Oh, 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 that was intense. <laughs> this is all I have. I'm so tired. It's quarter past two in the morning. <laughs> oh.